0: Ladies and gentlemen, episode 195 not officially officially underway. Yeah. Because we don't officially get underway until
1: segment 1. Correct. We're, We're warming up. We're warming up. That's right. You need a warm up. You look like uh, you need a warm up. Oh boy, do I. I drank a big cup of coffee on the <laughs> way over. I'm dying over here.
0: Where did you start your day? Lacey Washington.
1: Yeah, but it, it's, it's worse because Saturday night she had three basketball games, and the last one started at 9 o'clock in Renton, Washington. Started at 9 o'clock. Okay, that was the championship. They won by four. It was awesome. But now I'm staring down the barrel of an 8.30 start time in Lacey, Oh, which I don't live by Lacey. I don't <laughs> live by Olympia. That ain't near my house. That's an hour. All right, and the coach wants her there an hour and 15 minutes early. Oh, Jesus. So now we're, we're there at 7.15, ready. Cleats laced. Right? You have to be ready. Okay, it's an hour day. So now we're in the car at six. Oh. Yeah. I fell asleep at one. Oh. I couldn't sleep. Yeah, it's brutal. And to think you are the father
0: of one child. Well, I don't know how people do it. You could have. You could be the father of, how no. old is she now? 13. You could have a 16-year-old playing oh,
1: sports. God. It's crazy.
0: You could have a 10-year-old, 11-year-old sure. playing sports. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You would cease to exist.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Her all star coach has four kids. Like, it's a 13, 11, Sorry. seven, and five. All you had something.
0: to do was tell me last week I don't want to do Mitch Unfiltered's <laughs> episode 195. 195 is a is a show I can miss. That's all you had to say. But we, I'm here. I'm... I know, but, you, but you're, you're tired. You're yeah, not going to be effective. I'm a trooper. What's new? <laughs> Mitch Unfiltered is available on all major podcast platforms. Still? Please, please, please rate and review us on Apple still. Become a Mitch Unfiltered patron for yes. $5 a month and have access to all the bonus shows, Danny O'Neill, Slickhawk, music entries, yeah, sure. If you'd like to be a patron with access, but the 5 bucks a month is an issue... I will take care of you. Just write me Mitch at MitchUnfiltered.com.
1: Well, you should know that stump the band time. My, yes. Go real ahead. Real quick. My yes. Pat Benatar episode that yes. I did has aged nicely. Because you don't watch Stranger Things. It's insane. We gone through this I before. Okay. I don't know
0: what Stranger okay. Things is. In the
1: new yeah. episode, in the new season, yes. one of the characters can't stop listening to this song called Running Up That Hill. Uh-huh. It's it's a big part of the show, you you know, whatever, by Kate Bush. <laughs> and I talk about that Kate whatever. Bush song in the yeah. Pat Benatar episode. Yes. About how much I love it. Yes. And now that song's like number one because of strange. Things. So it's things. aged nicely. It's aged nicely, yes. Go back and listen to, I was on that song before all of you Stranger Things, second, things am I Johnny se- Come Lately. Am I
0: sensing this is your way of saying, I've got a few more weeks or months to have to get my next one out because you got the Pat
1: Benatar show that oh, you can listen to? You think there's a next one? Oh, there's not. A oh, is that what you? Oh, You're you, officially retired. Oh, I'm not officially retired. Okay, it'll come one day. Stump the band. Are you ready for stump the band? Let's do it. It's a two-parter. What makes you think I'm any? <laughs> I can't do the one-parter. You're now not you, going <laughs> to get any of them <laughs> okay, right. Great, great question. Did
0: you know that the Seattle Mariners played the Anaheim Angels, or the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim? Yeah. Five games over the last four days, as we record this. Did you know that? I
1: did know that. Yes. Do you know why? Why it was five? They played a day-night yeah, yeah.
0: doubleheader on said Do you know why? Yeah. They played five games. And don't tell me, like, Max and I decided it must be the makeup of a rain delay. Hey, morons, they have a roof on the stadium. <laughs> there can't be a rain out at Safeco Field or T-Mobile Park. COVID-related? So or, I don't that. know. No. Okay. Lockout-related. Remember they started oh, the season yeah. late? so they have to make up games. One of the games or some of the games that they missed was a home series against the the Angels, so they had to fit one in. So they played five games. Yeah.
1: How'd that go for you, those five games? They do all right? I kept seeing the words lowest moment Uh. on Twitter. And it was right after that, that doubleheader where they lost both. And so I, I don't think it went well to answer your question.
0: I think we'll uh, save that for segment one. Okay. Otherwise, we won't have a segment <laughs> one. We'll go straight to the other stuff yeah. segment. My Stump the Band question is, did you know that Mike Trout, pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Not bad against the Mariners either. Are, are the Mariners the only team who have these guys that just kill them? Max says to me, Max is home from college, and he says to me on Thursday, Hey, let's go to the game tonight. <laughs> yeah. And I said, well, this will be the second game in five days that I've been to. That's too much. In, fa- in fact, George Kirby, he pitched the last time I went, five days ago. Oh, wow. You're right on the road. So we decided to go, and, <laughs> and and Max says to me as we're walking in, or just as we get to the seats, he said, let's have a little wager. Total bases. Give me an over-under on total bases for Mike Trout tonight. Oh, just tonight's game. <laughs> and I think I gave him three and a half. Okay. A single and a, a single and a double, two for four. Yeah, yeah. I win. Yeah. A single, a double, and then another single. I lose. Yes. He had like twelve bases. <laughs> he had two home runs. Hell of a fantasy night if you had him on your team, right? And I had to give him. I had to give my son five bucks. Oh, that hurts. On the way to the concession stand. To spend $40 on my son
1: for dinner, (laughs) I had to give him five bucks out of my pocket. You pay for anything, everything anyway, but now you gotta hit him cash. You would think that
0: my oldest son would say three days before Father's Day, (laughs) I don't worry about the five bucks you're about to buy me a hot dog for $26. That's right. (laughs) No, do you think, you know what he did? He put his hand out, He said, I don't even think he thanked me. He just took the five and put it in his pocket.
1: And then ate the food that you just paid for. Loved it.
0: Couldn't get enough. (laughs) Can I use that five to buy the food? (laughs) Yeah, right.
1: It doesn't work. No, it sure doesn't.
0: Mike Trout hit five home runs in the five-game series. (laughs) Yeah. It's only the third time in history, by the way, that a Seattle Mariners opponent has had five home runs in a series, but that's not the question. Okay, good. He became the all-time leader. I think he tied the all-time leader for opponents' career home runs against the Mariners. Question one is... Who did he tie? What player until Sunday's game had the most home runs Uh. against the Mariners in Seattle Mariner history? Do you know the answer to that? You wouldn't know the answer to that. Oh, it's, it's not like
1: a... Vladimir Guerrero. Or... Close.
0: Wasn't there a There's guy an on, the... R- on the end of his name. Wasn't there a Ranger? It's not Guerrero. Oh,
1: it's Palmeiro. Oh, oh Rafael Palmeiro. Rafael yeah. Palmeiro. That was gettable. Yeah. I remember him. He, he used to kill the Mariners.
0: Here's the one. Here's the part to this that I love that you would never get right, but I love it. Okay. Think about this. Mike Trout has 52 home runs. Okay. against the Seattle Mariners. He now has 33 at the ballpark, formerly known as Safeco, now known as T-Mobile Park. Yeah. He has played in essentially 80 games, half a season. Okay. He's played in about 80 games, 90 yeah. games.
1: I know what you're going. Yeah.
0: He has 33 career home runs yeah. at Safeco Field in those 80, 89 games. Sure. Or T-Mobile Park.
1: If you extrapolate it out. No. Oh, okay. No, Better. Okay.
0: Where does that place him in all-time home <laughs> runs in the history oh, of that God. ballpark? Oh. And notice I didn't say opponents. Yeah. All-time all time yeah. home runs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mariner players that play there every day or half the season every season. How many Mariners in the history of that ballpark yeah. have hit more home runs than visitor Mike Trout? That's my fantasy you know, stump the band, trivia question of the day. He's probably top ten. He's sixteen. Okay. Now, take a second <laughs> yeah. and think about that a guy who's played in half a season right. at Safe Go Field is good enough to be 16th on the all-time safe go field
1: list. <laughs> hey, safe go by the way, the place where the, the air is dense, you can't hit home runs. Uh, they're always bitching about something, Well, it's right?
0: true because that's the Mariners can't hit home runs. Okay, well, a, somebody can. So I don't know what <laughs> I don't know whether it's more impressive that Trout is 15th or 16th. Yeah. Or just a disgrace that the Mariners organization they don't have 16 guys that right. have hit more home runs at Safeco or T-Mobile Park than Mike Trout. You decide whether you're more impressed <laughs> yeah, right. or just discouraged about the organization. And the park's been exactly. there 20 years. Is that right? Well, yeah, because I think it opened 00, 01. I yeah, was at right the first around game. There. Yeah, I yeah. was too. Yeah. You know who hit the very <sighs> first home run in Safeco field history? I just found this out. I would not have Was noticed. it a Mariner? Yeah. Mike Cameron. Russ, i think it was a Mariner. i think russ davis was a Mariner oh, at, the time, at the time wow. he was, maybe he was a yankee i don't know no, right. I, I think he was a, i think he was a mariner at the time russ davis has the first home run
1: and Safeco. ask me that on the next episode is the stump demand question so I when you're at the water cooler with your buddies <laughs> yes i love the water ask him
0: how many mariners <laughs> in the history of the organization have hit more home runs than mike trout at that ballpark the answer is only fifteen guys. Fifteen. He's and he's moving up the chart. <laughs> the mayor's going to
1: have to start paying him <laughs> at some terrible. point if he keeps holding records.
0: <laughs> all right, congratulations to Sparty Seven who won five hundred bucks ah. for Fireside Home Solutions. Sparty Seven, this is uh, this is an interesting note that anybody who uh, participated in our pool might know or might care about. Okay. You had to have five guys that made the cut. Yeah. He had all five guys that made the cut. Wow. He had Matt Fitzpatrick, the champion. Oh,
1: wow. Okay,
0: good call. His five guys combined after they made the cut for 1,386 shots. Okay. Less is more, right? Yeah, yeah. Less shots is better. He won the 500 bucks because the Kent guys' five guys combined for 1,387 shots. One and two were separated by one Golf
1: shot. That's how sports One works, shot. Right? Of course, that's how it goes. That's, that's the difference incredible. Between 500 bucks and second prize. And wasn't it... Um, weren't people having trouble? Wasn't it kind of a tough tournament?
0: Well, it's the U.S. Open. Typically, there's people that are having trouble.
1: Yeah. But like more than normal or no? No. Or, okay. Just. No,
0: I wouldn't say more than normal. Just it's very difficult okay. the U.S. Open. Yeah. But ha- five guys, 1,386 shots. Unreal. Winner by one shot. So uh, Sparty 7 has... He's got 500 bucks coming his way.
1: Congrats to anyway, Sparty 7.
0: Guests on this episode 195, as we continue on the uh the warm up segment of the uh of the of the episode. Tim Fedorovich, you would have no idea who Tim Fedorovich is. Maybe you do. I don't. Former big leaguer, okay. catcher. Okay. Played par- par- parts of like, I don't know, eight seasons in the in the big leagues, up and down from the minor leagues with catcher. Okay. He recently retired and he became the manager of the Tacoma Rainiers. Oh, wow. He's the first year manager of the Tacoma Rainiers. And I thought it'd be interesting to talk about his journey to, to become a triple A manager in his first year out of baseball wow. as a player. He's a triple A manager. And they happen to have a guy named Jared Koenig down there <laughs> <They> trying <too. laughs> to trying to figure things out. They've got a guy named Matt Brash, who they pulled out of the rotation. He's got all kinds of great stuff. Very young. They're trying to make him a bullpen guy. Yeah. I figured we'd talk about his journey, and we talk about some of the Mariners' prospects and how they're doing down there can,
1: in can, can they help the big club now? Can, can we get them? Too can late. They, uh, too late. Okay, forget it. We'll get to that in segment. <laughs> all right, gotcha. Brady Henderson, uh,
0: the Seahawks have been having these OTAs. Yeah. Mini camps. I don't know if you know about these things. Yeah. Uh, do you know what OTA stands for? I missed it. Do you know what OTA stands for? Yeah, it's optional. Is it optional, the first word? Everybody gets the O wrong. I got the O wrong. I said off-season. It's not. Okay. It's organized.
1: Oh, okay. Organized team activities. That sounds like the opposite of optional, actually. If it's organized, you probably should be there, but actually, you don't have to be, right? It is optional. Yeah, that's what I thought. So
0: maybe they should call it O O T A. There you go. Optional,
1: organized team activities. you need organized? I mean, can we just do the math on it's probably organized if it's a practice? Yeah, probably. We don't need organized. And they've
0: had mini camps and... Things are starting to take a little shape, and I haven't been really following it, so I thought Brady Henderson Good. of ESPN.com could come on and tell us, here's what he's learned from going out there every day to these OTAs and these mini camps. And then Kenny Green, we always have Ken Green, yeah. the former PGA Tour winner, U.S. Open uh, champion Matt Fitzpatrick. He always He's kind of unfiltered. He's got plenty of things to say about the U.S. Open, about Fitzpatrick, about the Live Tour about Phil Mickelson oh, right. yeah, guys yeah. taking money so Kenny Green will be the outspoken guest number 3 on Unfiltered
1: I meant okay. to ask you speaking of yes. the, the the live tour yes. were, there, were there any options from Saudi Arabia for us to do the podcast for 100 million that we talked about or were there no I'm just No, I, they haven't called me yet. Oh, they haven't. Greg Norman has not called me yet. Wait, wait. if you do get an offer can you at least just run a barbie just you know No, I'm not interested. I know you're not but at least just kind of so I can feel cool No, I kind of a...
0: kind of dug my my Feed into the stands. You've planted Stand. your flag on that hill I have, and you and shall and die on that hill. And now it would be terrible if I got a hundred million dollar off.
1: <laughs> who has to know? Come on, who has to know? We'll keep it quiet. <laughs> Blood money. Jesus.
2: Oh, <laughs> it is God. unfiltered
1: after all. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> just I just want to know. We can say no. I just want to know if we get an offer. That's all.
0: And what would this offer be? I don't know. You said To do you, the podcast from Saudi Arabia? Well, we could do it from here, but they're just going to pay us. You know where the next tournament is? The next Live Tour tournament is? No. Tournament number two. The okay. first one was in London. Yeah. The second one is in Portland, Oregon. It is? Yes. Okay. God. You think there'll be a couple of protesters? <laughs> yeah,
1: right. <laughs> What's There's, that going to look like in Portland, They're still protesting Oregon? from like two summers ago or whatever. Anybody
0: want to go down to Pumpkin Ridge to the Live Tour? Go to <laughs> take a look at Tetzkala <laughs> and the rest of the crew. Bryce Shambo and... Oh, by the way, there's rumors not that anybody cares about this, but there are rumors yeah. coming from the U.S. Open that in the next couple of days, more and more are going to be announcing their uh, transfer. Really? Yeah.
1: So it's is it does it feel like it's getting... They're getting
0: sort of, into the portal and going to the live tour. Yeah. Is it
1: getting traction or is it not really yeah, like any good, yeah, they, really good guys? No,
0: there's some good guys, but it'll never be... Okay. It's just going to take away from the PGA Tour. It's not going to ever be very interesting. All right. I, I don't think so. Okay. But... Anyway, all right, guests, Tim Fedorovich, yes. Tacoma Rainier's manager on the progress or lack thereof of Jared Kelnick and Matt Brash, Brady Henderson on what we've learned about the Seahawks through OTAs and mini camps, Kenny Green. Yes. Unfiltered look at the U.S. Open and the Live Tour. Love it. Hot Shot episode 195 presented by Zeke's Pizza with a new location in Mill Creek, now open on Main Street, a new location in White Center open on 16th Avenue Southwest Northwest style pizza, the best craft beer selection anywhere and to your door in no time. The Zeke's pizza app homegrown in the Northwest Daniel's broiler. I want to say that summer's here. And I want to say that one of the most underrated elements of Daniel's broiler locations is their outside seating options, patio overlooking the world in Bellevue, the sea plains at South Lake union, Lake Washington at Leschi It's not just the steaks that makes Daniels a world-class steakhouse. Plus, they have a great busboy at the South Lake Union location. Fireside Home Solutions, congrats to Sparty7, who nailed the $500 prize in the U.S. Open pool from Fireside Home Solutions. His five picks were one shot better than Kent Guy who finished second. John Waterstrat has been unbelievable in his support of Unfiltered. Start your search for a new fireplace unit or garage doors at firesidehomesolutions.com. The Kirkland office of Cross Country Mortgage, navigating the rising interest rates with a deft touch. You're going to hear on this show, Jordan, Explain how they can help you with buying rental properties, second homes, and more. Seven minutes is all you need with their lead man, Jordan Flowers. Here's the phone number, personal phone number, 425-890-2957. An Evergreen Gov call. Tax advisors and certified financial planners and experienced portfolio managers all working together to bring retirement planning taxes and investments under one roof evergreen more than just a financial advisor evergreen is everything wealth this is episode 195 hope everybody had a great father's day weekend and it begins right now Unfiltered. Five generations of Mickelsons are gonna get taken care of financially because of this. Amy and I looked at each other and we just decided this was something we could not, in our mind, responsibly turned down
2: unfiltered.
0: The general manager himself should quit at that point. He should say, oh, hold on a second. If my ownership is not allowing me to go make the deal that I think is best for this team this year, then why do I even want to be here as a general manager? I think at that point, the the whole thing is blown
2: up. Mitch is unfiltered. Okay,
0: now episode 195 is underway, And I hope that everybody out there, all the fathers out there, had a great weekend and a very happy Father's Day.
1: Yes. You, you were with your daughter. I was, as a matter of fact. Yes. Watching them get second in state for the C Division. Let's go. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> well, I don't know this how they This is do what it. you went to Lazy for? To watch them get second in the C Division? Yeah. It yeah. was a state tournament. Yeah. But there's like, I don't know, the boys might be the same. There's A teams, B teams, C teams, I right? See. I see. And you can put your team in whatever you want. They're a decent B team, but they kick the shit out of C teams. So they're kind of stuck in the middle. But there's one team that won't leave C because they love winning it all the time. Yeah. And they beat them by one run.
0: Do you like Father's Day? Are you a Father's Day type of guy? I I, I, I don't mean to get sentimental, but I think this is your first Father's Day without your dad. Yeah.
1: Right? Since you lost your dad. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Any other dead relatives you want to talk about? Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm just kidding. I'm not. I'm not sentimental. I'm just joking. No, I'm not a father. Do you like Father's Day? No, I hate it. I hate birthdays and all that. I don't like it. No, my wife. They're so nice of cards, and you got to sit down and open it. Did you get a gift? Yeah, but we. What'd you get? I'm in the car at 6 a.m. There was no gifts or cards or anything on Father's Day. So, but she said it's. We'll do it another day. We just couldn't do it.
0: But everybody went to Lacey, right? Yes. Okay,
1: the and whole the whole The whole family, and Grandpa met us there. Grandpa's back in town from Arizona. Okay. So he came so on he, down, too. But
0: that's nice. You have him for Father's
1: yeah, Day. Yeah, she saw her father. Yeah. Yes, it was nice. So did you get a gift or not? I will, she said. It's coming, but we just okay. didn't have any. I literally got home. I threw some notes together for this cockamamie show, and I came to your house.
0: My wife said to me ab- about five days ago, she said to me, and I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, what do you want for Father's Day? We just, we, we don't know what to
1: get you. Yeah. Hey,
0: remember, I don't like anything, right? Right? Yeah. Is yeah, that yeah. what yeah. slick octoman you don't like? And you have it. What, do you right. want to tell us? Sort of an just, ice maker. Yeah, you know, you're hard
1: to buy for. And, and,
0: and I said to her, <laughs> I said to her, don't worry about it. And right. I say the same thing. I every say year. that every year. Don't worry about it. So this year I said to her, I'll buy my own Father's Day gift. How's you that? Yeah. You don't even have to do it. And She's like, What do you mean I don't have to do it? And I said, I know what I need and I'll go do it. She says, What do you need? I said, Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna buy a gift. And then I'm going to bring it home before Father's Day. And I'm going to say, thank you. Here's what you got me. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day,
1: I think I pay for it all anyway, right? Well, I, I, my dad used to open up a gift for me and say, this is nice. How much does this cost me? You know, because I'm a kid. Like, you know. right, right. So
0: I don't know if you know, you don't know this because you're not a golfer. But right. in the old days, you were a certain level short, you, a, a short, short, it was more of a short short, not like John Stockton shorts. On oh, the and then as, Orlando Blackman. And then several years ago, everybody was like, "Oh, you don't wear short shorts anymore." Now they were they they started wearing long golf shirts down to the to the knee, kind of the kneecap. Okay, nobody wore short. Well, it's turned. I guess I've lived long enough. It's turned back now. Oh, it is. Yeah, short, so now shorts. all my shorts, all my shorts are too long. Yeah, and I'm tired of getting ridiculed. Okay, so I went out and I bought a couple of. Pairs of golf shorts that were short enough.
1: God. That's it.
0: Huh? So I walked in and I said, here, here, th- thank you very much. Here, you, you got me a couple of pairs. You want to see them? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Thanks guys. What, what do you need those for? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I got, uh, I'm not, I'm not a huge father's day guy. I'm a little, I'm a lot more sentimental than you are. Right. Father's day to me is a difficult day. You know, I think about my sons. I've got Max over there and Brett over here. I think about the boys and how and how thrilled I am to have the boys. They're both healthy and right. and you know, I didn't. Sc- I guess I screwed them up a little bit, but not too much. Right. I continue to try to screw them up a little bit, but I think a lot about my dad sure. and not being able to call home and the stories. And so I post a little thing on Twitter, and people like immediately start to say, you know, bring up old stories that I've told on oh, the air. Nice. Yeah, I've yeah, told yeah. a lot of stories
2: about my dad. sure. Yeah. So
1: yeah. so yeah, I yeah. It's it's all right. You and your dad. I mean, would you call him your best friend? Yeah, you would. See, I mean, yeah. that, no wonder you you know love Father's Day and you're sentimental yeah. about it. I don't
0: and... know that I ever thought
1: of him as a friend. Right. Well, yeah, I, I I know what you mean. Yeah. Don't
0: yeah. Me. I don't know that I ever looked at him as
1: a friend. If something big happened in your life, would you go to him first? I would probably go. Yeah.
0: Well, I'd have to go to the two of them, my mother and father. Never wanted to hurt anybody's feelings. Gotcha. Okay. So you know, I have to I have to call him on the speaker for they have to open.
1: It. <laughs> oh God, that was. What funny. do you
0: got? <laughs>
1: you're late. You, seal
0: oh no. Mitchell's
1: on the line you hear like yeah. rustling around grabbing the phone yeah. and he's in
0: his chair yeah. she's in her chair it's like Archie Bunker and Edith <laughs> right. he's in his chair she's in her chair the speakerphone is on the little table oh yeah yeah in, in the you know we, we're supposed to call on Friday nights I never never did that yeah and then you know you talk to him on the speakerphone
1: do you guys, do, do you go out with your family now? I mean, I know one kid's in college and it's probably a pain to get schedules uh, we're together. Gonna do, we're
0: going to do something on uh, on Monday, on the day that we release this. Because okay. Brett had a uh, had a tournament in far, far away. Oh,
1: he did? Yeah. How far? Uh, Kennewick. Oh, is there yeah. a, Is there a town in Washington called Kennewick? It's one of the Tri-Cities, I something think. Something called Pesco or something? <laughs> also known as the Dry Shitties. <laughs> yes, that's where.
0: I told, I, she's, she's like, I told her, you're going to the, uh. You're going to the um, the Palm Springs of of the state of. <laughs> right. She's like, no, there's no place. Called. I said, no. There, I think there's a. Bill, Isn't Yakima the? Is Yakima anywhere near those places or no? Uh, closer I've never than been, here. I've never been east of Snoqualmie, so I. That's don't know. right. Yeah, you you refuse to venture east of. No, I've Preston. been to Spokane. I've been to Spokane. Oh, good for you. So we're gonna celebrate Father's Day on a different day. Yeah. And, and our us. and our version of celebration is just. Where does dad want to go to dinner? Right. Dad brings up a place. The two boys go, no, I don't want to go there. (laughs) Right. So we end up going wherever. the. And then the two boys can't agree. And then the mom's got to step in and go, guys, it's Father's Day. Let your dad figure it out. Okay, where do you want to go, son? (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) I know it is weird when I tell Piper, do you want to go get some barbecue or something? "Eh, I don't really like it. Like, I I just never tell my parents. I would just go with them. I don't remember ever, like... Making the rules of where we go out to dinner when I was yeah. a kid, right? Yeah. Our kids yeah. are so spoiled now. So, uh, yeah. So, Father's
0: Day weekend was a was a good one for a lot of people. It was not a good one for the Mariners. We've kind of touched on that. Yeah. Five-game series, lost four out of five. Now 10 games under five hundred. That's the low point that you're referring to. Yep. And I'm just done. I got to tell you. I And I know probably a couple of weeks ago on this podcast, I probably said the same thing. I am just... I'm so done. I I guess it's not over, but they're 10 games under 500. Let's put it this way. They're 8 games back of the third wild card. There's like 6 teams ahead of them. And how many back you said? I think they're 8 games back. Ugh. The third wild card as the, as of the moment is Tampa Bay. Okay. They're 36 and 30. So they're playing at a clip of 88 and 74, if everything goes the same, okay. the third wild card will have a record of about 88 and 74. Yeah, The Mariners at 29 and 39, to be able to get for? to 88 and 74, yeah. now have to go 59 and 35. Oh, they got to go to a team that's 10 games over 500 to this point. Under. What ha, what'd I say? Over. A team that's 10 games under 500 yeah. at this point would have to play 25 games over 500 the <laughs> remainder of the season. So for all intents and purposes, yeah, it's over. But when you say It's over and I think it's over for the it should be over for the GM, it oh. should be over for the manager. Maybe I'm going to a place that I shouldn't go only 68 games into the season, but I'm just done. But when you say, you're done, when yeah, you say you're done, but when you say you're done, but
1: what what were you before that, though? Where you weren't, like, full in. Like, even last no. year when they were making that little run, you said it was fool's gold a little Seemed bit. Seemed like fool's gold to me. Yeah, yeah. But so, it was exciting. Oh, sure, sure. It was fun. But you, you never really bought in. So how done, I mean, what's different now than it was two months ago?
0: I'm just maybe at my boiling point
1: of like just not even checking to see if they won. no no no, no 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 no
0: I watch them every day okay. every day that I can I watch them yeah I, I pay very very close attention I just I don't know I don't know what to tell you hot shot I just think you know they've given seven years to this duo he was he was hired at the tail end of the 15th season so he didn't do anything in 15 to get acclimated Jerry DePoto, the general yeah, yeah. manager And then 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. It's seven effing years. Right. And he hired Scott Service. And by the way, I'm not here to tell you that there have been zero nice fun moments. You just mentioned one. They got to within a game of the playoffs last year. That was fun. There have been other years that they've been over 500. In fact, I think early in his tenure, even when they were rebuilding, they were way well over 500 once or twice. But seven seasons of this shit. Yeah. I can't take it anymore. Enough. And and by the way, I'm not even sure that Jerry DePoto's not a decent GM. And I'm not even sure that Scott Service isn't a pretty good manager. Right. And so you're gonna say, so Mitch, what are you doing fire? I just can't do it. Seven years. Right. Take me to the play. How many major league baseball cities are okay with giving a GM and a manager? seven years of non-playoff baseball, yeah. and then say, okay, let's have an eighth year. I got to be at least encouraged. <laughs> I got I to gotta feel like it's co- Do you feel like it's coming? Now, maybe it's unfair to make these remarks after they just lost four or five to the Angels and they're at their low point, 10 games under 500. I understand it, but this is when we're recording the podcast. Right. I'm not recording it tomorrow, the next day, the next day. I'm recording it now, and I'm just done. I'm ready for change. I can't watch offense now. Again, Mitch Haniger's not playing. They've got some injuries. How many years can we watch
1: Mike Trout come in and outscore them by himself? Right. How many times? How yeah. many years? I mean, you're yelling about the last seven years. But then for Mariner fans, it's the thirteen before that is they don't even make the the. I mean, this has been a twenty year thing. Twenty year, yeah. It's so a, it's probably been a all all time organization thing. Yeah,
0: they made some playoffs, yeah. but I, I it's don't, tough. I don't know. I they've got to change
1: enough with this sh- enough, but this felt like. This felt like the move, like a couple of new guys in, but seven years you're telling me they've been there? These are like the new guys that are going to yeah, turn and, things and, and, around. Yeah, and you know, the,
0: the, the, it, it, in a court system, the defendants, the attorneys who would argue on behalf of service and DePoto would say the following, and I don't know, maybe they'd win the argument. You know, I'm just throwing, I'm just, fl- I'm, I'm flailing here. Yeah. Maybe the 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 proponents would say, hold on, Mitch, the first three years don't count. Because other it was a guys. it was a rebuilding. They yeah. decided to knock it down. Okay. Well, if that's the case, remind me when I get the next high paying job in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> my first announcement is yeah. I'm knocking this thing down. Yeah, right. So I can have three oh. years where nobody evaluates my performance. That'd be awesome. Can you imagine? What other job can you do
1: that? Like, yeah. Like what if you're an, an airline pilot? I, you can't suck for the first three no. years. Not right? with me on the plane. You better not. <laughs> I mean, what other job can you be awful? Think about at? that. Yeah. You
0: walk into a high-paying, oh, high-stress oh. job, and you immediately announce the next three years don't count yeah, yeah. because we're knocking the thing down. So oh. that,
1: that's what the uh, proponents would say. Okay.
0: So they really only had four years.
1: Okay, right, great. So then, how? So then, do we wait three more? What's their leash then? On top of that, four, uh, two. And does anybody think if we waited three more, that really anything yeah, new is happening? Now, the other
0: proponent of these guys would say, well, hold on a second. DePoto's done some nice things, and they'd probably throw a bunch of trades and a bunch of free agent acquisitions that he did well, and I would have no answer to that except, what did it get me? Right, exactly. How many playoff games did I get a chance to go to over that time? And somebody would say, but hold on a minute. Scott Service was nearly the manager of the year in baseball last year. I think he was up for the award. He may may have even finished second or third. Yeah. You're going to fire that guy one year after almost winning manager of the year? Again, I'm not convinced that Jerry DePoto is a bad GM. I'm not convinced that Scott Service is a bad manager. Right. I'm just saying they've had their chance. Yeah. They've had their chance. And ask me again if they make a, an unbelievable run now and they somehow – he makes some, some acquisitions at the trading deadline – and they somehow get over 500 and don't make the playoffs again. Right. But they have a lot of momentum going into the offseason. Oh, momentum. we buy it again. Oh, I don't want
1: momentum. I don't want to hear it. I just, I don't know. Yeah, so I'm going to ask you. So yes. then what? If if that happens, they got momentum, and then do you keep them around? What Talk do you to do? me then. Yeah, it's day by day, huh, with this team? Well. Week by week. God. Yeah, Brutal. I know. Yeah, I mean, you're right. They, they may not be bad GMs and bad managers but no no i don't i'm not sure they are working
0: out it's not the combo is not working out here the dynamic for whatever reason it's
1: broken it's not working out right yeah i've had some nice ex-girlfriends nothing wrong with them very nice people it just didn't work out it's just not for me Trying to remember when i
0: stopped doing i guess i stopped doing the morning show in 2017 august of 2017 okay God, 2015, they came on the show and said, well, we're not really worried about 16, we're worrying about 17.
1: Right. And then oh, 16,
0: no. they came on the morning show, and said, we're not really worried about 16 or 17, we're worried about 18. And then 18, they went on somebody else's morning show, we're not really oh. worried about 18. How many, honest to... Effing I, I, God! How, how many times can I hear that? I'm gonna be, it, be
1: 85 when they're ready to execute a playoff team. Like I'm gonna at be least too you'll old be the,
0: alive. I'm gonna be gone. <laughs> it's gonna be too. I'm gonna be too old to give a crap freaking gone. <laughs> yeah. So I'm done. It's really sad. I'm done. I'm done. Just, now yeah, if they win seven in a row next week on episode 196, I'll be back on. I'll
1: be I'll be giving them extensions. But again, I think, I'll be saying give them more, give them a bonus. That's right. I mean you're joking, but I think that's where people are with this team. Like sh- quick oh. quick hook. Short leash, whatever you want to say. Oh. But if they get hot, yeah, I'll check in. I'm, I'm all in. But they've been having their hearts broken for 20 years. I mean, what sort of support are we expected to give? It's hard. It hurts. You know what I've resorted to doing? Oh, man.
0: This is how bad it is for me. Okay. Every time I get into the, the doldrums of, God, the Mariners just will never go to the playoffs again. Yeah. I think to myself, I have to remind myself we don't have an NBA team here in Seattle. Right. That's literally the way I cope. Ugh. The only thing that gets me out of like the misery is, Sad. well, things could be, I always try to wonder, can things be worse? Yeah. We don't have an NBA. At least we have a major league baseball team. <laughs> cool, that's that's so, the best I can do. That's it, huh? And you know what? In a few years, there's going to be a new Sonics team here and I'm not even going to be able to use that anymore. Right.
1: <laughs> we need something else. So the Mariners, you're saying, are better than nothing at all. That's it. <laughs> Better than having nothing. That's where you That's are. pretty much it. It's not a great slogan for shirts for them. That doesn't really roll off the tongue either. The Mariners, better than nothing. <laughs> 2023. <laughs> I'll call Kevin and get him on that one. <laughs> oh, I'm laughing to not cry. I grew up here. I love the Mariners. I would love to. I, you and I were working in the same building in 95. How fun was that? It was my first experience with playoff was baseball. There. It was the
0: most fun thing I've I ever... was there. Brian Wheeler and I, we were there. Uh, yeah. It was awesome. Every playoff game, every game down the street. Oh, my gosh. I was even McCreys in Texas and... when Lou Pinella told told uh, Brian Wheeler to get the F out of his face. I mean, I was there. <laughs> the good old when, days. When we missed our play back and missed the one-game playoff, when Randy looked oh, up to the... I was there yeah, for that, yeah.
1: yeah. But so fun, playoff baseball. for. There's... I wouldn't know. Well, yeah, I I, remember, I, 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 I can barely remember myself. but I just remember it being essentially every day. God. So fun. How are they 10 games under
0: 500 already the season's over?
1: Yeah. Right, usually you get to the all-star break and well, you're okay, team, you can tell.
0: With this team, people assured me. Now look. They may not they, they may make the playoffs. If they the worst that's going to happen is they're going to be in a race to the end and they may come up a little bit short right. and I will be excited about
1: 2023. Oh, it's going to be great. Yes.
3: <laughs>
0: what race?
1: Sometimes teams, Mitch Haniger
0: is that the difference?
1: Teams get, they become kind of a like a, a sexy prediction, a sexy pick, and then ever people start picking up on it. Oh well, he said the Mariners. I'm going to pick them. You know what Look I mean? Look at the bright side, hotshot. Oh, there is one. Okay, good.
0: About two episodes ago, I got on here and I just ragged on Robbie Ray. Yes. In the last two starts, he's been virtually unhittable. Yeah. Six and two thirds hitless innings the other night, Saturday night. Yeah. Did you see the hit that broke up the no-no? No, The little bouncer back to him that he misjudged the oh. bounce and it went off his glove. It was, little, it was a little chopper back to a bouncer back to the mound oh. that he couldn't, uh, he didn't jump on. He thought he had in his glove and went off his glove for an infield hit. That was the first hit of the game. So he he apparently, Robbie Ray is fixed. Oh, so good. maybe when I come on these shows and I complain and bitch and moan, that's the the trigger point for things to go the other way. I'm hopeful. I'm trying. I'm trying the whatever you want to call
1: it. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: I'm trying the reverse reversal. All right. I got two other things for segment one. Yes. And then we'll do three interviews and do the, the other stuff segment. They're not big things, but I feel like I want to mention them. I, I feel like I need to defend Russell Wilson, which is probably my least favorite thing to do yeah. besides watch Mariners. For game. what? Have you noticed he said something? He was quoted in some, some public place as saying the following. I said, hey, listen, I want to make sure that I go to a city that wants to win. I want to make sure that I go to a team that wants to win. And I want to go to a city that knows how to win. All those three things were checked off the box here in Denver. And Seattle Seahawks fans went
1: apeshit. I'm sure, yes.
0: I mean, they were ready to go apeshit. If he said nice things about Seattle. (laughs) Right. Seattle 12s went apeshit over this quote. Like, he's kicking us on the way out. The problem with Seattle 12s is they didn't hear the first five words of the quote, which I didn't read to you. Okay. What he really said was, once the trade was going to happen, comma... I said, "Hey, listen. I want to make sure that I go to a city that wants to win. I want to make sure oh, that gotcha. I go to a team that wants to win. I want to go to a city that knows how to win." And all those three things were checked off the box here in
1: Denver. Gotcha. So he didn't say that didn't happen in Seattle, and that's why I left. Right.
0: And Seahawk fans are going crazy, just pounding them.
1: Oh God! They
0: are so mad. They're 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 sending messages via Twitter, and they're very very angry. And I want to be angry at Russell Wilson too, but. This is not that. No. Yeah. No. I don't think I don't think you're being fair if you if you're saying that he was trashing on Seattle in this quote when he was with the, at this public function.
1: Are you so. telling me somebody got a quote wrong on social media? You're not no, they got that. it right. They got it right. But are, people are you telling people me so- have
0: just chosen to ignore the first few words.
1: Uh, on social media, though, that doesn't yeah. really sound yeah, like the social media I remember. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Normally very nice. <laughs> yes, it is. By the way, social, Social. when I hear that word, it reminds me of like, I'm going to do it like a little social. It's, it's nice. and fr-. Yeah. It's like the least friendly thing ever. It's barely social. You just yell at each other on social media. They got to come up with a new name. It's not social anymore. What do you want to call it? I don't know. We just yell at each other and disagree and argue. and it's, It doesn't feel very social, does it? It, bitch
0: you're, media? You're making, bitch and moan? Yeah, I like it. It's bitch and moan media? Yes. Should we mention
1: Sue Bird in segment one? Is she good enough to mention Sue Bird? She's pretty good. When I watch, I'm like, how is a 40-year-old out there starting at point guard for this She announced team? her retirement. She did, yeah. She
0: hadn't done that yet? See, I was a little confused. I guess I don't follow that closely. I thought, I've thought i always thought that this was going to be the final year for Sue Bird, but she had never made that official until this, this last week. But right? people
1: have been saying, is this the final year for Sue Bird for the last five years? So she just kind of oh. plays it year by year. Oh. And then before the season starts, she tells us if she's playing or not. Well, I think Sue Bird is worthy of a segment one yeah, mention on
0: Mitch Unfiltered,
1: don't sure. you? 41 years old, four
0: WNBA championships, 12 all-star appearances. I asked you when you walked through the doors tonight yeah. to record episode 195, if Sue Bird's name is the most familiar name in the history history of women's basketball.
1: Yeah, and I don't know that I could come up with a bigger more familiar name in the history of Who the Who would game. they be? Certainly Diane. I'm not saying she's the best
0: woman. Yeah, I, yeah, I just most recognizable. I don't think anybody I don't think anybody would say she's the best of all yeah, time. Sue would be. She neither. may be the best guard of all time, maybe best yeah. point guard of all time. But is she not the most well-known, at least name recognition? Sue Bird. What name is bigger internationally in women's basketball history than Sue Bird? Diana Taurasi's not.
1: Right, Brittany Griner. no. Maybe for
0: what go- she's going yeah. on now. Uh, Candace Parker? Yeah, she's
1: great, but I don't know Who the Who was name. the L.A.
0: Sparks? Uh, Lisa, Les- Leslie? Lisa Leslie? Yeah.
1: To me, Sue Bird. Yeah. Rebecca Lobo, uh, Reggie Miller's sister, Uh Cheryl. Like, if you went to, like, Russia yeah. and said Sue Bird, if you went to— Oh, they would know.
0: Yeah, Sue Bird. But she
1: played there. She would go They would say, "Oh, McCartney. oh, the
0: guy that played at Indiana State and then with the <laughs> Celtics all those years."
1: Isn't it weird that I I I guess we, I never did the Larry Bird Sue Bird, like they have the same last name. Isn't that kind of weird?
0: Well, there's the commercial. Yeah,
1: now, now there is, but I just I never don't even know, know who
0: that's for. Who's that?
1: Yeah, I don't know either. All state or Insurance yeah, yeah, or something, yeah, yeah, but yeah. anyway. Yeah. yeah, Sue Bird, of course. Amazing. Yeah. Probably the most recognizable name in the history of women's basketball. And I shouldn't probably go here, but I I will anyway. Okay.
0: So, congratulations to Sue Bird. Who has played how many seasons?
1: 20. Maybe. 20 something seasons? Well, you said she's 41. She probably 41. came out at 22, right? And came out into the How much the money
0: would the male equivalent oh, yeah. of Sue Bird have made in their professional basketball career? Yeah. Whatever the equivalent of Sue Bird is. Magic Johnson?
1: Yeah, but it's a different time period. Yeah. So it's a little tough. Yeah. How much? Like Steph Curry, maybe? Steph Curry?
0: I mean, she's how many times All-Star? Hundreds and hundreds and yeah. hundreds of millions. Of, probably close to $500 million. And you're talking just that. salary, right? Salary. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. And then there's endorsements right. and whatever. How much could Sue Bird have made right. in her 20-year basketball career? Not much. Not
1: much. And by the way... How much could she have in the bank? And by the way... A lot of that would come from like Russia. They'd go overseas to yeah, play. Yeah,
0: that's where they make their money, and right? So now the off season. you're
1: playing like double season yes, for, you are. for less, way less money than yes, the men. Yes, you are. Yeah.
0: And, and look, I'm not getting into that. I'm not getting into the debate. Should she make what Magic Jarge, Steph Curry? I, I, yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying. I know. It's
1: crazy the, to it, think about
0: how much money endorsements,
1: yeah. speeches, oh, public yeah. deals. I mean, LeBron's a billionaire now, right? They right. said his net worth, he's a billionaire. I mean, LeBron's played twenty we just, seasons.
0: We just said we think she's the most recognized name in the history <laughs> right, of the sport. Right, right. So who's that they're for playing the men? for? Peanut. What are they playing for? hundred grand a year?
1: A couple yeah, hundred? grand? Do they, probably, get,
0: do they get more than hundred and fifty grand a year?
1: Maybe one fifty if you're one of the best players. And then they got to go
0: to Yugoslavia and play. If you want more money, yeah. and if you're Brittany Greer, you go and you never come back. You're in jail.
1: Yeah, Brittany Greiner. Yeah, I have I, something on I said that Brittany, in here. Greer, Greiner. Yeah, Brittany Greiner, Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's been a little bit of an update on that. I have for the other stuff segment. Yeah, it's been extended, hasn't it? Yeah, and then I guess well I can just tell you now. Roy Jones Jr is jumping in. Does yeah. that really help? Well, <laughs> we're going to find out and her family's saying I don't know if it's going to help, but <laughs> if it jo- does, go for it. So Roy Jones what a random deal that Roy Jones Jr, he has a dual United States Russian city- he's uh Russian um, uh, what's it called when you're a citizen. Citizenship? He's, yeah, dual citizenship. Yeah, that's yes. that, that word. Uh, yes. he's we said he's been working behind the scenes to free her, even saying he's willing to travel to Moscow to escort the star home. So he's he's like got his dual citizenship from Vladimir Putin. But yes. he like knows him. Yeah. So Roy Jones might be the guy to get Britney out. I know. Okay. Crazy.
0: If Roy Jones is the guy that gets Britney Griner out, <laughs> yeah. I give up. <laughs> really? I, I, t- I t- That's t- what it takes. I- <laughs> Really? The, Not only am I done yeah. on the Mariners, I'm done on podcasts. I'm yeah. done. If Roy Jones, if
1: if after all this time we realize all we needed was Roy Jones Jr. <laughs> right? I, I give up. He said, "Would I put my life on the line? Take a chance to go to Russia to exchange prisoners?" Yes, I would. The Hall of Fame boxer said, "Because if Brittany was my daughter, I would want somebody to do the same thing for me." So he sounds like a good guy who's trying to get her out. So good luck, Roy. I know. <laughs> Of all the people who are going to come to the rescue of Brittany Grinder, God, did Roy- you have him in the top 100?
0: <laughs> I haven't heard Roy Jones jo- Jones Jr.'s name yeah. in 15 years. I know. Unless he's fighting one of the Paul guys. Yeah, right. Exactly. I think, I think he may have. Mm, no?
1: I don't think so. Oh. But people are like calling. People Roy want to Jones. get in the ring with these Paul because it's such a big payday. Every day there's a new, like, you know, Butterbean and Bob Sapp. You remember Bob Sapp? Sure. Yeah, he, he played here, didn't he? Yeah, he played at the University of Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's like a world wrestling guy, like big guy. And he was enormous. Yeah. He wants to fight Mike Tyson for some reason. Like uh, Everybody wants to fight Mike Tyson. Guys on planes want to fight Mike Tyson. Yeah. Bad move. Tyson did say he was high, he was a little irritated, and he was, like, sleep deprived, and that's why he exploded on that. He's making excuses. Excuse me. Yes,
0: Mike Tyson has to make no excuse why
1: why I I unloaded on that guy. I agree. Did you watch the video? The most annoying human of all time.
0: This is actually kind of disappointing news that Mike Tyson (laughs) is saying, here's why I unloaded. I just got to watch the video. He could be sober as sober can be. Right. And he should have unloaded on that guy. I agree with you. Three interviews and then uh, the other stuff segment. It's time to check back in with John Waterstrat of Fireside Home Solutions. He's back with us. Fireplaces, garage doors, you name it. How goes it over there, John?
4: It's doing great. Uh, We've had to get through this mucky weather like you know, Mitch, but uh, (laughs) it looks like the sun's popping back out. Things are starting to shine a little bit more.
0: Like everywhere else, you and I have been talking about the wait times for non-stock orders because of the shipping issue that everybody has. Are you seeing any improvement on that end?
4: We definitely have seen some improvement. I can't say it's going to be quick. Mm -hmm. But uh, it has improved, and uh, our manufacturers have done a wonderful job of just looking at their processes, looking at what we're going through right now, these shortages, and and doing a good job to get lead times down. And what do you think they are? Uh, Sometimes it depends. Like I said, we always have the stock list, and we can Mm -hmm. talk about that. But uh, we also have some things that are on longer lead times. But instead of waiting 30 weeks, we've kind of shrunk that down maybe to 18 to 20 weeks. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it's not short, but it's gotten better.
0: But there's always that option – of purchasing and installing a unit that's in your inventory, which is what we did here at the Levy household. So let's walk through that for a second. The Fireside Home Solutions team comes to your home free of charge. They look at your space, analyze and listen to your needs. Then we visit one of your many showrooms in the Pacific Northwest.
4: Yep. Just talk to your sales rep. We'll come out to your house. We'll look at what you want and then just let your sales rep know. Is it speed that you need? If you need that, we'll get the stock list together. We'll find something that works and we can get that installed in about three weeks. If you have some time, let us know and we can get exactly what you want. And we just have to be patient, just like in any any order that we're talking about with these longer lead times.
0: Perfect. A few years ago, you guys wandered into the garage door market, too. How's that been going? Because I'm hearing about some exciting things coming down the line.
4: Yeah, it's been great. We've continued to grow that business, and uh, here in the fall, we're going to go ahead and open a showroom in Tacoma. It's going to help the South Sound areas, and it's going to be really nice to be able to have Bellevue, Auburn, and Tacoma, and just be able to help those customers in Pacific Northwest. That's
0: awesome. Now, before you go, you have to tell our audience where you were for the first time in the middle of April and what you thought.
4: Oh, uh, I got to have that bucket list checked off, and I was able to get to go against, uh, pretty awesome, awesome to watch Scotty Seffler uh, hit some great shots, but the course is just a special place.
0: Well, I'll say it then. We love Fireside Home Solutions, a tradition unlike any other, and a great partner of Mitch Unfiltered.
2: Unfiltered.
5: There's a pitch that driven to center field and deep, going back is Sierra, still going back, and this one's over the batter's eye in center field. Wow! Completely clearing that 35 foot wall
2: out in straightaway center field. It's a two run homer for Kelnick, and now it is
0: a five to nothing Tacoma lead. Our next guest on Mitch Unfiltered played portions of eight seasons in the big leagues. 13-year professional career, over 1,000 games. He's also the 11th manager in Tacoma Rainier's history in his very first season since retiring as a player. Here's Tim Fedorovich. Hey, Tim, thanks for being with
6: us. Yeah, I'm glad to be here.
0: A World Series ring and an Olympic silver medal as a catcher. Not
6: bad for a professional career. It was great. Um, I really enjoyed it. You know, I was not really looking back on it at all. Um, no regrets. Uh, I felt like it was a good one. And last year with the Olympics, it just felt like it was time. Well, I
0: appreciate your visit. How is the, uh, how's the adjustment been for you from player to coach? I know that you said that over the last five years of your playing career, you thought a lot about coaching.
6: Yeah. And, and this is, I mean, managing was something that I've always had on my mind, especially the last five years, just being on the bench so much and watching the game from that angle. To get this opportunity, my first year out of playing was just unbelievable. It's unthought of, so uh, it's hard to turn down, um, and it's been great. It's been a lot of fun. You know, it's a great new challenge. You know, managing a group of 30 guys every day, day in and day out, all the different obstacles you have to deal with, the call ups and downs, injuries. It's just been it's been really fun. It's a fun new challenge.
0: By the way, an interesting note on our guest Tim Fedorovich, a member of that 2008 North Carolina baseball team with a few very interesting and familiar names to us
6: Mariners fans, right, Tim? That's right, Ackley and Seeger. Yeah, we had some, we had some good teams at Carolina as well. Uh, it was a good group, especially that year. Matt Harvey was
0: on that team as well. There was a handful of major leaguers, future major leaguers, yep. on that team.
6: Yeah, yeah, it was. And we had uh, my freshman year, we had Miller and Bard, and then my sophomore year was when Ackley and Seager came in. Along with Alex White was another big leaguer. Yeah. And then Harvey, my junior year. Yeah, we had we had some pretty good teams.
0: What's your view on what happened with Dustin? Is there anything that we as Mariner fans didn't know about him? He was the second overall pick. It's been well chronicled behind Strasbourg, and it just didn't work out the way we all would have hoped.
6: Yeah, you know, I mean he's just he's a natural hitter. He's a pure hitter. It's just tough. Like he got through the minor league so fast. Like it was just hard for uh A guy of his stature, like, it was hard for, honestly, the Mariners to keep him down that long because he played well. And when you get up there and you're facing the best pitchers in the world, it's just, it's got to be tough. I haven't talked to him too much after, but I just know that hitting in the big leagues is very hard (laughs) and doesn't matter how good you are in college. Like, it takes some big adjustments and some some really big abilities to be able to hit in the major leagues every single day.
0: Tim, do you feel like there are any parallels between Ackley's quick climb and Kelnick's quick climb.
6: I think there's a lot for a lot of guys who get up there that quick. I mean, there's some big adjustments you have to be able to make on the fly. Because once they find a hole, like they're gonna they're gonna keep going. They're gonna keep going to it, and they're not gonna give in. And you got to be ready for it. You got to be ready to make that adjustment on the fly. And if you're not used to it, if you've never really failed, it, it's tough. So I don't I don't know much about Kelnick's story. I'm starting to learn a little bit more of more about him each and every day. For me, like he's. He's trending in the right direction. He's starting to develop a solid approach that he can use every day, no matter the pitcher. And he's really trending in the right direction.
0: You begin a A your coaching career, which is an awesome opportunity. I would imagine that's a great fit for you because of your history of bouncing back and forth. And I don't I don't mean any disrespect about that, Tim. You went back and forth probably 30 times.
6: Yeah, I've done it a lot. Um, I've been in this same league for a long time, experienced about everything as a player um yeah i just felt like it was a good fit too and that's why this level really intrigued me everyone's a grown man here you know there's no babysitting everyone knows what they need to do to get ready it's really cool to be a part of this as a manager for the first time we'll get
0: back to Koenig and brash in a second how much of being a triple a manager tim is being kind of an amateur psychiatrist especially for the guys with high expectations that get sent down from time to time because they aren't performing the expectations or to their expectation. Do you find yourself working with those guys mentally or is it all, Hey, it's just business. It's professional. Let's get in the batter's box.
6: Yeah. I mean, I think that's the biggest part right there is just helping the guys understand that it is a business and they don't owe you anything, you know, like you get there because you played well. If you don't continue to play well, there's ramifications and it usually leads to a send down, uh, especially teams with winning aspirations like we have. And just getting guys to understand that it took me a little bit of time um, because I was up and down a lot through my whole three option years mm-hmm. and just understanding like they're not going to give you an everyday opportunity out of nowhere. Like you got to go up there and play well. You got to hit the ground running. Just the more that the guys can understand that. I think it just helps them kind of, stay motivated to just get better
0: you mentioned jared he's trending in the right direction he's hitting about 300 with you guys a handful of home runs i know he was hurt recently but he's still striking out at a fairly high rate what would you tell mariners fans that jared is working on specifically down at tacoma
6: he's he just he's really locking in that approach like we talked um just with two strikes and throughout the at-bats Try not to guess too much with the pitchers and just pick a spot, pick a location and pick a pitch um, and stick to it. I think that's the key to consistency, which uh, you need in baseball. And he's starting to understand. He's starting to realize, and um, he's starting to have a lot better at-bats. So just the combination of that and him um, kind of being more comfortable in the box, getting a better rhythm, I think is is all going to be good in the near future. A
0: couple of things about him that a lot of us Mariner fans have noticed Maybe you would say we're wrong, and that's okay. A, he seems super hard on himself, Tim. Maybe not used to the valleys because he's been so successful all the way up. And B, it looks like he tinkers a lot with his stance and maybe mechanics. We'll see him night to night get into the batter's box with the Mariners, and he'll look different night to night.
6: Are those two fair observations about him? Uh, They were. I think now he's uh, (laughs) kind of gotten out of that. We've helped him a little bit just understanding. Like, I think his big thing with the frustration is he thinks he's better than every pitcher that he goes up and faces, which is a great attribute to have, especially once he figures out his approach and his rhythm and everything and staying consistent with that, because you need to go up there expecting your bet, knowing that you're better than the other guy. And I think that's the big frustration to him is that he knows he's better than these guys and they're still striking him out or he's still getting out. Mm -hmm. I mean, eventually it's going to turn. Like, the more that he just, stays consistent with his approach and his stance, like you've mentioned. Um, I mean, those are all big things like hitting's really, really hard to do. And if you're not consistent with what you do pre-pitch, it's going to be really hard to succeed. Does he smile enough? Maybe a
0: silly question.
6: He is smiling a lot. Yeah. I I just, I mean, watch on the, on the games. You don't really see it's only after a strikeout that they show him. Yeah. But uh, other than that, like, yeah, he is, he's having a great time, really enjoying himself. And I mean, it's great.
0: Let's uh, let's turn our attention to Matt Brash. He's a guy that you, as a longtime catcher, I would imagine would love working with. Every now and again, we see a pitcher who's got so much movement on his pitches, like wiffle balls. It's difficult to have a grasp on exactly where the ball's going to land. I know that sounds simplistic, but maybe true. As a reliever now, he's got 32 strikeouts for you guys in 19 innings. Tell us about Matt, his future Is it a closing role? I don't even know if there is such a thing anymore in baseball. There used to be, when I was a kid, a closer. But uh, tell us about what Matt's doing down there and what you think his future is.
6: Yeah, Matt's been great. Obviously, he struggled a little bit and getting moved out of rotation to start. But, I mean, we just explained to him, like, we want you in the big leagues. And for him to be able to help this team in a playoff run this year, like, he's got it. It's going to be out of the pen. And um, he's been doing a great job. He's really embraced the role. He's been coming to my office multiple times, wanting to throw back-to-back days. Um, He's just been great. I mean, we're we're putting him in tough spots. We're putting him in safe situations. And he's continuing to attack. And he's consistently above 98 to 100. Mm. And with good command of his slider, like everything's been starting to click for him. So mm. he continues to do what he's doing here. Like I'd expect to see him up there pretty soon.
0: It almost sounds like Tim, that you think that, uh, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, that he's in a bullpen role for this year, that you think that maybe down the line in a few years from now, he'll work his way back into a rotation. Or do you think he's a, a long-term bullpen
6: guy? Um, I don't know. I mean, I've just seen guys in the past that, get turned I mean, one is a good friend of mine daniel bard and he was turned into a reliever Mm -hmm. had really good success and then he tried to go back into the rotation and he kind of lost it a little bit so i just feel like it's going to be a good spot for him in the bullpen and he's got the stuff for it and he's got the pedigree you can see it in his eyes when he gets on the mound i just i think it's a good fit for him and i know he's going to want to get back into the rotation but i mean you can make a ton of money as a closer as well
0: if you can pitch in some of those PCL ballparks, you can pitch anywhere, right?
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And you know about those PCL ballparks a little bit, right?
6: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I do. Uh, I do. I felt like a power hitter for a few years in Albuquerque. It was cool.
0: <laughs> well, listen, it's great to visit with you. Uh, congratulations on first year out of playing, being a, a AAA manager. I, I can only imagine what's to come from you. All you catchers. What is it about you catchers? <laughs> Everybody says these catchers. All you guys are smarter than the rest of us. Is it true? All you guys. I, I
6: don't know that we're smarter. We just we <laughs> see the game from a different perspective. Uh, we got to deal with both sides of the ball. You're
0: terrific so. to to be on with us. Thank you, Tim. Thanks very much. Right. Continued success in Tacoma. Thanks for doing it.
6: Yep, no problem. Thanks, guys.
0: Hey, it's great to have Daniel, CEO Lindsay Schwartz, back with us on Mitch Unfiltered. Despite his complaints that my questions are too long, Lindsay. How's everything at Daniels? How was June, a month of celebration?
7: Hey, Mitch, great to be back. Yeah, you know what? I, uh, I'm used to the long questions, so I can handle it. It's all good. June is great. You know that we're all about celebrations at Daniels and lots of opportunities to celebrate in June kind of starts out with proms, goes into graduations and Father's Day. It's just great to see families celebrating and young people celebrating. June is a special month for us.
0: One of the underrated layers and elements to Daniel's broiler is summertime on the outside decks and seating, and you offer options at all of your locations.
7: Yeah, I think what's great about Daniels and and one of the reasons we've been around so long is the locations that we have. There's three great locations with outdoor seating. You got Daniels Leschi with views of Lake Washington and Mount Rainier. You got Bellevue up top looking over Lake Washington at the Seattle skyline and Lake Union. You see the the seaplanes, you see the sailboats, lots of great things to see in the summertime here.
0: Yes, and I apologize in advance about my last question, which will be lengthy. But Max Levy, who buses at South Lake Union and loves it there, loves all of his coworkers, at times complains that Bellevue has an unfair advantage by the name of Jim Washburn. Tell everybody in our audience who Jim Washburn is, Lindsay.
7: Yeah, it's true. It does have an unfair advantage and we're so lucky to have Jim Washburn. He's the piano player at Daniels Bellevue and if you can believe this, he's been with us for over 30 years. He's been entertaining people for over three decades. He's there Thursdays through Saturdays from 7 to 11 p.m. People have been coming to see him for years and years. Everybody loves him, young and old. He's one of the few guys who's been around as long as you and I have. And uh, for those who haven't seen him, get up there and see him because it's it's a real treat.
0: Summertime at Daniels, outside seating, all kinds of special opportunities. We love Daniels Broiler, a great partner since back in the radio days. Daniels Broiler, a world-class steakhouse.
3: Unfiltered.
0: Over nine to go, end zone. Metcalf touchdown. Gino. Third down, lock looking end zone for Sutton, and the diving attempt. to get it? Touchdown! What a catch! The first NFL touchdown for Drew Lock. The Seahawks have been very busy with a flurry of OTAs. Many camps. I have no idea one from the other. We haven't gotten an update from the the guy who watches as closely as anyone in a long time, ladies and gentlemen, ESPN Seahawks insider and Mitch Unfiltered contributor, Brady Henderson. Hi, you, Brady.
8: Hey, Mitch. How you doing? It, it's good to be back. I, w- I will clear up the difference between OTAs and mini camp very yes, briefly. Please. Yes. Yes. Uh, OTAs stands for organized. Team activities. Yep, activities. those are voluntary, so you're not required to be there. Uh, the mini camp is; it's usually three days, and that is mandatory, so you can be fined for not being there. Now, typically, uh, as if you weren't already confused enough, typically they go OTAs and then they do the three mini camp practices, and that's the last thing they do until uh, training camp. But they sort of switch things up, and they did uh, mini camp in between the OTAs, not to make things is, more confusing. Is but.
0: all of that now done? Until are we Done. finished now until training camp until the Done. season yep. okay very good very good and and what's in better shape as we speak the Seahawks 2022 chances or Brady Henderson's golf game
8: <laughs> as, as soon as you got through the first five words of that sentence, I knew exactly where you were going and I thought about trying to like unplug my microphone so I could pretend I didn't hear the question but um, <laughs> at this very moment, the Seahawks uh, 2022 chances, and I think they're probably going to win like seven games. So that tells you where my golf game oh. at.
0: So let's begin then, since you were out there and you watched everything that they'll allow you to watch, let's begin with some Brady Henderson ESPN.com kind of pearls of wisdom. Give me three things, any three things that you saw or noticed or a feel that you have that you find curious for any apparent reason.
8: Well, let's start with the most important thing that's going on right now with the Seahawks. I mean, I guess maybe outside of DK Metcalf's contract situation, but uh, that's the quarterback battle. And from what I saw, and from what Pete Carroll said, um, you know, I, I I preface it that way because we only you know we saw the three mini camp practices, and I think we saw four of the nine or ten OTAs, and so uh, we didn't see it all. But from what I saw, Geno Smith was the guy taking the first team reps, and from what I have gathered, just from what I've heard, the sense I've gotten is that, you know, there's a thought in the building that drew Locke's talent is going to win out. There's also a thought that in the building uh, from, from somebody I've talked to that if he's going to win it, he's going to have to win it convincingly because Gino is the incumbent. And ultimately this is going to be, you know, the coaching staff who was, it was making that decision and coaches tend to prefer the guy that they're more comfortable with if all else is equal. And so I thought it was interesting that, Gino is still the guy taking the number one reps. Maybe that is just the fact that he is, again, the incumbent, and, and they're trying to show him that respect. If Drew Locke is not taking first-team reps two weeks into training camp, then uh, I think something is amiss there.
0: Before you get to number two, Brady Henderson betting man, which you're not. Not on the Seahawks, but yeah. Gino opening day starter against the Broncos on Monday night? Yes? I still think it's going to be Locke. Oh! Yeah. Against yeah, his and, and, former team. Okay. Yeah, and, right. and we're wiping we're wiping
8: injuries out of the equation. So it's not like if somebody yeah. gets hurt. Like right. if, if both guys are healthy, I, I still think it's I still think it's gonna be locked, but I'm probably like 60 sixty forty.
0: All right. Give me number two and three, pearls of wisdom. Pearls of Brady Henderson wisdom, please. Well,
8: DK Metcalf not being there, I think that is another interesting thing. And it it was a little surprising, too, I would say. And and maybe if you look at the fact that, look, the guy's got a contract, unsettled contract situation. He's also coming off a foot injury that required surgery, so he wouldn't be doing anything. And you could look at it and say, well, maybe it's not that surprising. But I kind of go the other way, and I say it is surprising that he was not there for minicamp. A, it's mandatory, so you're subjecting yourself to... Uh, over $90,000 in fines. That's the, the three-day total for missing all three days. Now, is that a lot of money to an average person? Yes. Is it a lot of money to an NFL guy who's you know in line to make $25 million? Not necessarily, but you don't often see guys get mandatory minicamp, especially when they did what Metcalf did, which was show up to part of the voluntary stuff, which I think that was uh, – I don't want to say that was surprising, but Pete Carroll was lauding him for showing up to some of the earlier –
0: uh, voluntary, what are they called, Mitch? Off-season team activities. Organized team activities. Organized so team. I'm two sorry. Two for three there. Organized yeah. so, team activities. Sorry. Yeah, so
8: he was showing up to those despite the fact that you know, he, the contract situation was up in the air and the fact that he was coming off the foot surgery, which meant he couldn't really do anything. You've seen guys in recent years, whether it was Bobby Wagner in 2019, uh, Jamal Adams last year, and Dwayne Brown last year for that matter they do what's called the hold-in where they show up. So you can't be fined for showing up, but you know, you don't have to practice and coming off foot surgery, DK Metcalf had a, a built in excuse not to practice. So it was, it was surprising in that regard that he was not there. And it does, you know, for the first time really suggest that, that he's not happy with where things stand. Will he be there for training camp? Do you think? I think he will be there. Uh, but again, is he there and not doing anything? That's kind of the route that guys have taken. And it's kind of like having your cake and eating it too. You know, those fines in training camp, they are a lot more serious than what they are in, uh, during minicamp, I think it's it's forty thousand dollars a day or something uh, in training camp. So I, I could see him showing up and going the Jamal Adams, Dwayne Brown, Bobby Wagner route, not practicing.
0: All right, before you get to pearl of wisdom number three, it strikes me that the DK Metcalf negotiation should be very easy because of all of these wide receivers who have signed recently of the same ilk, of the same age. It kind of feels like we know. The market value for DK Metcalf, 23, 25, 24, somewhere in there. Five years, 125. Am I wrong about that?
8: Well, you're right in that a lot of, of very accomplished receivers have gotten deals done. But the, the problem is that those deals have have skyrocketed. And I think, you know, maybe beyond a point where you could have seen this, you know, 12 months ago or or even less than that. You know, the top of the market was, I think, in the low 20s. And then all of a sudden, Devonte, well, I guess, you know, DeAndre Hopkins kinda of has a funky deal, but by and large, you know, most of those guys at the top of the market were in the low 20s. And then Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams go, I think 28 and 30 million dollars. So I, I still think that the more most applicable deal to DK Metcalf is gonna be AJ Brown, uh, the deal he got from the Eagles after they traded him on draft day. I think it's four years. One hundred million, and and I I say that's the most applicable because it's the most apples to apples. Yeah, same age,
0: same uh, agent, same college, same stats, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, well, well, just
8: you're you're looking at the same age in the same time frame. Both guys who have been in the NFL for three years and catches, yards, touchdowns. Uh, D.K. Metcalf has A.J. Brown beat in all three of them, and he's played in more games, so he's been healthier. So there's no way. I mean, I I don't know how high that deal is going to go, whether if if it's going to touch Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams' territory. I can confidently say it's not going to be a dime lower than $25 million.
0: Give me Pearl of Wisdom number three. Pearl of Wisdom number three is that.
8: It is starting to sound, I would say, more if we're putting Chris Carson's chances of playing uh, for the Seahawks this year in terms of like a game designation that comes out on a Friday, to me, it's starting to sound, it's starting to inch closer to doubtful than questionable. I think it's been questionable. We could all say uh, it's been questionable, but the fact that he has not been cleared yet and and just kind of the tone, uh, the way that Pete Carroll talks about it, and he had, a, I thought, a... Interesting, and and I would say maybe an ominous uh, admission the other day when when he was asked about you know where's Chris Carson's mindset and all this because we have not had a chance to speak to Carson since before uh, he went down early last season and, and Carol you know made a comment talking about how he's concerned so he's got to get medically cleared and the Seahawks have to be willing to take that risk in medically clearing him and he's got to make the decision to play himself. And, and again, it's, you're just talking about a very serious injury that it, this is not, you know, this is different than coming back from a knee injury. This is a neck injury and I think you've got to be really careful. And so between all that, between the fact that they drafted Ken Walker uh, in the second round and re, and re-signed Rashad Penny, it's just, it's starting to, to seem more doubtful than, than questionable
0: to me. Brady Henderson, ESPN, ESPN.com. I'd like to go through the position groups. We don't have to be lengthy on each one. Otherwise, we'll be here until training camp opens. I'm going to go through the units. But before I do that, I guess let's start with the quarterback position. If the Browns cut or get to a point where they're willing to take on a lot of Baker Mayfield's salary in a trade, do you still think that the Seahawks would beat the tires on that?
8: No, I I think it would take if it's Baker Mayfield, I think it would take a a, a nothing, you know, a a seventh round draft pick. And I think it would take the Browns being willing to eat the majority of that salary to the point where you're only paying Baker Mayfield, you know, four or five, six million dollars. I think he's got too much upside. You know, there's there's the off field locker room style questions type questions. There's the fact that he's coming off surgery, but. This was a guy who led his team to the playoffs not too long ago, and was the number one overall pick not uh, not too long before that. So, I I th- I think there's too much upside there if the price is that low to where they would have to consider it. I do, however, think that if it's if the Seahawks add a big name veteran quarterback, I just kind of get the sense that Jimmy Garoppolo uh, might be more really? in play that, than Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and, via and one via would,
0: cut, they're not going to trade well, with the Niners. No.
8: No, I mean, the no, I, I don't think I don't think the Niners would would ever dream of trading, uh you know, arming a division rival with a, a quarterback like that, even though it's one that they are moving on from. So they they do deem him expendable. But um, I think it would have to be a case where where he is cut. And, you know, maybe you get Jimmy. I, I'm hesitant to throw out a number just because I really don't know what this would look like. But 10, 12, 13 million dollars, maybe you could get something that's better than what you got. and And if that's the case, I think they would they would strongly consider it.
0: All right, let's go position by position. Mini camp and organized team activity observations from Brady Henderson of ESPN.com. Offensive line. Cross will win the left tackle position. Lewis, Blythe versus Fuller at center, Jackson at a guard, Kerhan versus Lucas at right tackle. You want to take any of those on?
8: Yeah, I think the only real battle there is that right tackle. I mean, they did not draft Charles Cross ninth overall to have him spend any time on the bench. I know he's coming from an air raid style system, and that is a real adjustment that he's going to have to make. Right. Uh, you know, playing from a, a three point stance and all that. But he's just drafted too highly to, to for me to envision him sitting on the bench at all. So he's your left tackle. Damian Lewis is your left guard. I, I really think that Austin Blythe is the center, just between the you know the familiarity with the Waldron and Dickerson uh, system, and the fact that none of their other center options are are, are very good, frankly. Gabe Jackson, I mean, I, Pete Carroll has mentioned that that is a competition between Gabe Jackson and Phil Haynes, but. You know, similar to the cross thing being drafted, too high to, to be sitting on the bench. I think Gabe Jackson's making too much money to sit on the bench. Now, I if is he on the team next year? I I doubt that. I, I I wouldn't think so at this point. But I think he's your starting right guard. And and again, it's it comes down to Abe Lucas versus Jake Curran. And I would throw Stone Forsyth into that mix at right tackle. If Abe Lucas wins that job, that is gonna be exceedingly rare. It would be exceedingly rare to have Two rookie offensive tackles, and I'm going to tell you how rare uh, this is. A stat from our great stats department at ESPN: since 1970, Mitch Levy, there have been only two instances of an NFL team starting a pair of rookie tackles in Week One. So it's only happened twice where a team has started two rookie tackles in Week One.
3: Me to tell you who they are?
8: I no, I won't. I won't. I won't ask you. I'll tell you. It's the 2009 Jacksonville Jaguars. And ah, the yes. nineteen eighty-two St. Louis Cardinals. The St. Louis Cardinals. Can you name any uh St. Louis Cardinals from that killer 1982 sure. squad?
0: Thufferin, Thucatash, Dan Deerdorf. <laughs> okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> well, he, I think he'd probably be one of maybe he was one of the tackles. He could yeah, he was an offense. Yeah, that's right. That's he could right. have been one of the tackles for all I know. Uh okay, so that's how rare it would be. So you're not, you're not projecting that Abe Lucas. Is going to start at right tackle for the Seattle Seahawks.
8: No. I, I think it's 50 50. Yeah. I mean, I I mean the fact that you got three guys in the mix, that he's got one more guy to beat out now, and a guy who's been in or what, two guys who have been in the system. So yeah, I wouldn't put any money on it, but I wouldn't uh I, I don't think it's far fetched at all, as rare as it would be.
0: Okay, running back. you talked about Carson's uncertainty. Quickly, Penny versus Walker. Obviously, Penny's gotten a lot of money. He should be the starter, but do you think they'll give Walker a chance to win more and more and because he's the future at that position. I don't know that Penny is.
8: Right. And and I don't know that you want to give Penny the sort of Marshawn Lynch style 25 touches a game workload, anyways. And yeah, so I mean I, I think whether it's by Penny getting hurt and missing time, or even if Penny's healthy, I think that Ken Walker, and again, this is, you know, unfortunately for Chris Carson and the Seahawks, this is sort of assuming that he's not there. Certainly if, if Carson's there and you've got Penny, then Ken Walker's going to play a lot less. But if it's just Penny as the starter, yeah, I think they're they're working in Ken Walker there just because you don't want to overburden Penny. And then, you know, you've got Homer and Dallas sort of filling in in the change of pace, third down type roles.
0: Wide receivers lock it. Metcalf, if they could come to some sort of an agreement, then what? Freddie Swain again, D. Eskridge again. Is it time for D. Eskridge in year two to show that he was worthy of a high-level draft choice? Yeah, and he was looking good from what
8: it sounded like and then suffered, I think, a kind of a a very minor, I think Pete Carroll called it a hamstring injury um, Uh that... Yeah, injury. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not. Not. Bradshaw. Not like an injury that's really going to affect him through the rest of the summer and going to be a factor in training camp. But I think the concern that that Pete Carroll raised, and he did seem perturbed about this, was that that the amount of time that he has missed is now really adding up. Because remember, it wasn't just the concussion uh, that sidelined him for what six or so games last year. It's also the toe injury. So he missed a lot of reps in the off season, and so Carroll kind of made the point of saying that, that the time that he has missed is really added up.
0: Got a bad feeling about him. Got a very bad feeling about how we're going to look back to the D. Eskridge era. All right, uh, what have I missed? Tight ends? Anything I should know about tight ends? Noah Fant, obviously. Will Disley, obviously. I'm assuming Parkinson is still on the team. Those are the three. Basically, they expect a lot of big things from the acquisition from the Broncos and the Wilson deal.
8: They do. Yeah. And they they picked up his fifth year option sight unseen. And this is a team that had not picked up any of the fifth year options on any of the the first round picks that that they had made uh, since those were instituted in the last CBA. And so they picked his up, having not seen him practice at all with them. And I think the most interesting thing about the tight end group is there's an expectation in the building that, whatever quarterback starts for them, whether it's Geno or uh, Drew Locker or maybe even uh, whatever is behind door number, number three, three. Yeah. those guys are going to be more inclined to throw to tight ends than Russell Wilson was. And there, there has been a belief in the building that for whatever reason, whether it's the height, not you know favoring the middle part of the field, just because the sight lines aren't as good for him is that tight ends have really been underutilized uh, under Russell Wilson. And that Whatever quarterback, again, is starting for them is going to is going to utilize them more. Now, the flip side to that is, okay. say if if tight ends got an average of five targets a game uh, over the last few years and now they're going to get six or seven. Well, you know, those five targets came from a better quarterback than whatever they're going to have this year. So that is kind of the counterpoint. And I wouldn't say that as to maybe not. Get too confident in the sort of fantasy numbers that those guys are going to produce, but I, I do think that they've got a chance to be a bigger part of Seattle's offense, and, and look at the investments that the Seahawks have made at that position over the last few months. Again, picking up fans' fifth-year option, also paying Will Disley a boatload of money, $8 million a year, was way more than anybody thought he was going to make, and so the investments maybe could back that thought up.
0: Over to the defensive side of the football, defensive line and the rotation, a lot of new faces, a lot of new names, a couple of guys that they got from AFC West teams in Harris and in Wosu. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, from the Chargers. I know they expect big things from him, certainly in in the pass rushing situation.
8: Yeah, and he really fits sort of what they want to do defensively now. And I don't know if he would be a guy that they necessarily would have gone after as hard uh, as they did this year if, if they were doing the same thing defensively that they had. You know, he is a 3-4 outside linebacker body type. Now, they have had those guys and they've had them playing Leo, so you know maybe they would have, but the point is signing Uchenna Nwosu to by the way, the the biggest free agent deal that they've ever signed uh under Pete Carroll and John Schneider in terms of per year average, uh that that's the biggest deal to, of any free agent outside free agent that they've that they've signed. That plus drafting Boye Mafe in the second round and doubling up uh with Tyreek Smith in the 5th round they're really loading up on that position because they're, as you know, switching to more of a, maybe not switching, but they're going to feature more of a three, four looks than what they've had in the past. And you want Daryl Taylor, Uchenna Nwosu body types playing that position. And so the Carlos Dunlaps, you know, I think uh, one factor in his release is that he doesn't really fit what they want to do defensively. Now you could have him for a few million dollars because when you it's third down and you're just rushing the passer and then DN versus outside linebacker doesn't matter, but on you know, early downs, these are the body types that they want, and that's why you saw them go after that position the way they did this offseason.
0: Linebacker Jordan Brooks and Cody Barton are guys I know. I don't know who the third linebacker is going to be. Maybe you can help me with that. Or the fourth linebacker is going to be. Explain to me those names.
8: Well, um, I know who it is, but I can't pronounce his his name.
0: <laughs> it's, uh, the guy from the <laughs> maybe Bears? You were, the guy maybe that's the Bears. why you were teeing yeah. me up that way. But yes, uh, Iggy, I think Joel, is what they call let's him. Let's call
8: him Joel. Joel,
0: Yeah. sure. Yeah.
8: Yeah. Okay. not Joel McHale, but no, um, no, no. another guy named Joel. Okay. Um. Yeah. And, and, you know, when they're in that, that three, four on early downs, it's really, you've got Barton and Brooks as your two inside guys. And then it's, you know, the outside the linebackers guys, yeah. who are, yeah. So I think for a lot of the time they're going to be playing with Barton and Brooks uh, and, then and then more that, pass rushing type correct. guys got in it. there. So yeah. Um. I think the, the other guys they have there uh, Iggy and uh, <laughs> Nick Ballore. Yes. And, um, you know, we'll see if, if Ben Curvin and John Radigan and those guys get back from their ACL injuries. But, you know, those guys are going to be more backup roles.
0: OK. Corners. I'm really concerned about the corners. Trey Brown coming off of injury. I don't know what his health situation is. Sidney Jones off the scrap heap last year. I know they're very high in a couple of the rookies that they drafted. Kobe Bryant being one of them, and there's the other guy from the small school in Texas that's tall, fast, and can jump real high. I don't remember which guy that is. Tariq Woolen. If this were a playoff caliber team, which I don't think it is, I'd be good and worried about the cornerback positions. I'm not that worried now because I don't think that they're good with good cornerbacks or without good cornerbacks. But speak to that issue for a second.
8: I kind of feel like we had this conversation with 12 months ago and and even 10 months ago into training camp because that was the big concern for them roster wise last offseason is do they have enough at cornerback and a lot of different faces, but the same question. And, you know, I think that the the surest thing that you've got there in terms of the ability to play good football right now is Sidney Jones on a. Good playoff team. He's he's probably an
0: average number two. You really? can win with. I don't know yeah. that he. I don't even know that he's an average number two on a good playoff team. I'm a, I'm a little more hesitant than you are to anoint him that.
8: I I think based on the way that he played in the second half of last season when he got his feet wet, I I think that he, he's in that territory. He's not a number one guy, and you've just got a lot of young, sort of question marks around him, as unproven as as the rookies and the young guys are. They are very excited about uh, Wollan and Kobe. Kobe. How could I Kobe forget? Bryant. How could I forget you Kobe Bryant? Of all the Kobe names Br- to no, forget, how could I forget that one? So opening but, day
0: starters. Tell me who the opening day starters will be. Trey Brown and Kobe Bryant.
8: I've got to see it. But, uh, I've got to see Trey Brown get back on the field before I'm going to pencil him in to the Sydney, starting lineup. Sydney
0: Jones and Kobe Bryant.
8: Yeah. Okay. I, I, uh, I do think that. And then the leaders.
0: The leaders on defense we know are the safeties. We don't have to have much conversation about them. Jamal Adams, Quandre Diggs are the leaders of the team. All right. Last question for you, and I was thinking about how I wanted to ask you what you expect. Maybe organized team activities and mini camps, it's not fair to uh, ask you this question at this point, but I have you at this point, and the next time I'm going to see you is on a golf course, so nothing's going to happen between now and the next time I see you, so I'll ask it to you. I don't think they're going to be very good, but I'm wondering how good they are around the quarterback position if you put your hand over the quarterback position, everywhere else, if you consider them as a team everywhere but the quarterback position, I'm wondering how good you think they can be next year. So I'll ask it to you this way. And this is preposterous, but I'll ask it to you anyway. If Russell Wilson were the quarterback of this team next year, and everything else is exactly as we just presented all of the units, would the experts be projecting this team as a wild card team, as an NFC West contending team, or would they look at this team and say, look where they were last year with Russell Wilson. I know he was hurt, but look where they were last year. They didn't make the playoffs. They weren't very good. They won't be very good this year with this group around Russell Wilson. What would experts be saying if he were still the quarterback with everything else the same as it is?
8: I think they'd be saying that they were a slightly better team than last year. But I I think that they would be talking about them as a playoff contender. And the ceiling on those projections would obviously be capped when you're playing in a division with the reigning Super Bowl champions. So certainly nobody would be uh, penciling them in as the NFC West winner. But yeah, you'd definitely be talking about a playoff team. Would you? Um,
0: With Kobe Bryant and Sidney Jones playing corner? Sure, because because if... questions at the running back position, with potentially rookie left tackles... And potentially a rookie right tackle and some uncertainty on the offensive line with new coaches, new position coaches, all else the same you you think we would be talking about playoff caliber team Uh, I do yeah I do because because
8: you because as many you know question mark positions as you could point to you could I think point to as many and say that they're better than they were last year and you could look at the defense you know the the personnel upgrades in the scheme change and say that that should in theory because that's all we talk about on June you know in mid-June is is in theory but yeah you'd be talking about a lot of the the issues that have plagued them on defense in recent seasons that they should be fixed by this new defense and so Yeah, I think you'd be talking about a a playoff team. All right. Improve your golf game. Trying. (laughs) We all are. (laughs) My problem is that I try to do that by playing as opposed to practicing. Practice. I don't think it works that way, though, as I'm learning.
0: (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, follow him on Twitter. He's the best. And he's with us all football season long and a couple of times here and there during the offseason. This is not an organized Brady activity. This is an offseason activity brady activity an oba on mitchell an offseason season unfiltered yes activity. o-u-b-a brady henderson follow him and read his work on espn.com thank you brady thanks mitchy boy it's been a tough few months for our 401k plans hasn't it here's katie versio of evergreen golf called katie give us some good news will you
9: There's not a lot of great news in the market to report, except if you're a buyer. It's a good time to be buying and to have cash. It's
0: also a good time to go three for three. I feel it. This is going to be my day. What's the theme of your quiz today, Katie?
9: It's a market update to see how much you're paying attention.
0: I'm paying attention, so go ahead. Question number one.
9: U.S. inflation in May reached the highest level in more than four decades. What was the inflation increase? Was it 7.6%, 8.3%, or 8.6%?
0: 8.6% C, Katie.
9: Oh, you are right. It was 8.6% up from 8.3% last month. So really driven by... A lot of the supply chain issues, energy prices. That's why the market has been really volatile around these numbers.
0: And Mitch Levy is one for one for the first time in his history. I'm ready for question number two.
9: All right, number two. In June of 2021, oil was $68 a barrel. What is the cost today? Is it $100 a barrel, 120, or 140? $120 a barrel. B. That's right. Yes! That is right. That's what's really causing this inflation spike is that the cost of energy has just gone up so much over the last year.
0: And Mitch Levy has a chance to go three for three as he predicted. I'm ready for question number three.
9: This one could be an easy one. It's a true or false question. True or false. Both stocks and bonds are down for 2022. Absolutely true, Katie. That is true. You went three for three. Yeah, So stocks are down 18% and bonds are down 11%. It's been a really ugly year where there's not a lot of places to hide. Essentially, the only area of the market that is up on the year is energy. That's why here at Evergreen, we think that active management makes a lot of sense. It used to be really easy to make money in the market for the last five or 10 years or so where you just Buy the index, and it keeps going up. But now we think, you know, there's pockets of value. We think there's certain areas that make sense. So we think active management makes a lot of sense in this environment. And
0: that's why it's a good time to check out everything that Evergreen is doing. Start with our website, evergreengk.com. We love Katie Versio, Director of Financial Planning at Evergreen Golf Call. Everything wealth. Hey, it's time for a visit from Jordan Flowers, who leads the cross-country mortgage team In Kirkland. How are you, Jay Flow?
3: Hey, Mitch. I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. It's been a while. Good to be back.
0: It's nice to have you back. With numbers skyrocketing, how can Jay Flow and his great Kirkland team help Mitch unfiltered listeners? These days?
3: Yeah, it's a great question, and one we're getting from clients also. Rates have been going up pretty sharply over the last couple of months, but we have started to see it level out. Rates actually kind of tick back down slightly. It is a great time for buyers to be buying, even with the higher interest rates. It's actually providing a bit of an opportunity for buyers to not get into quite as many multiple offer competitive situations and wonderful time to be buying and getting that house you want and not getting in such competition and then just take care of it with a refinance with rates when they come back down. Jordan, tell me a little bit about buying
0: rental properties and other unique programs that you guys offer at Cross Country Mortgage.
3: Yeah, we are actually doing a lot with investment buyers right now, one to four unit properties. But we do also have a unique service coverage ratio program that allows you to not provide any income qualifying documents. We qualify off of the income the property itself produces. So we're just evaluating the collateral piece and if it's going to be a good investment for you.
0: So, Jordan, even with the numbers a little higher these days, you're still helping refinance clients pull cash out for various reasons.
3: Yeah, yeah. Those rate term refinances that were just clogging up the system a year ago have mostly subsided here, but we are helping a lot of clients with cash out refinances, equity refinances to pay off higher interest rate debt, as well as pull that cash to buy that second home or investment property that they want to do and put that money they've earned in their house to work on more real estate and helping people build more wealth.
0: So how do I reach you? If a Mitch Unfiltered listener has questions about what they just heard, Where do we find Jordan Flowers?
3: Yeah, same bat line, same bat channel, 425-890-2957. There
0: you go, Jordan Flowers in cross-country mortgage. The Kirkland office, he's been an incredible partner. Mitch Unfiltered would not be possible without guys like Jordan Flowers.
2: Unfiltered.
0: Major in the books, lots of drama. Matt Fitzpatrick wins on the very same golf course as he won the U.S. amateur supreme ball striking, some clutch putting. Scotty Scheffler denied. Will Zalatoris an inch away from a playoff. It's become tradition that former PGA Tour winner and Ryder Cup team member Kenny Green pops on to dig beneath the service. Of these major championships, hiya, big boy! Exciting stuff. Seventeen fairways the kid hit on Sunday.
5: Yeah, it was it was pretty impressive golf. He he was really solid all all week. You know, the great thing about uh, today's majors, especially the USGA one, is that you literally can see from start to finish how well a guy plays. And you know, he was just he was just on all cylinders most of the week.
0: He swings a little like you talk about his golf swing. I remember your, your action was kind of quick and whippy, or am I wrong about that?
5: Yeah, no, I'm, I, I too had a very similar swing. It was, you know, just a, he doesn't waste any time. He's short, fast, and quick. You know, he's got it down to, you know, to a science he's hitting it. You know, they say he's, he's gained uh four or five miles per hour just by, you know, swinging heavy, heavier clubs. It just goes to show you sometimes what confidence can do. You know, he he probably had good vibes from the amateur, even though it was, you know, nine years ago, Mm -hmm. you know, because he hasn't won here in the States yet. Coming off of last group at the PGA, he noticed what he did wrong. And he only did it once that I saw this week was he got a little quick on that tee shot on 18, but recovered with a, with a really good solid little slider out of the bunker.
0: I'm going to ask you about that bunker shot in a second. Kenny, but first let's talk about the action, the quick whippy swing. We see you, we see Fitzpatrick, we see a lot of guys use that method. And then there's right. the Lanny Watkins
5: got the same. Oh, same short, kind of motion.
0: Yeah, Lanny Watkins. And then there's the the flip side, the Fred Couples long and Droopy. What are the advantages? Talk to the amateur out there. What are the advantages to swinging it the way Fitzpatrick and Ken Green did?
5: Well, what I what I always like to try to to, to tell people is you got to swing whatever your personality style is. If you're somebody who you know who speaks quickly or does things quickly or just as a reactor, someone who's like quick with the you know the wit or the sarcasm, chances are you're going to be of that Ken Green, Lanny Watkins, Fitzpatrick swing. Ernie Els, Fred Couples, I can walk faster backwards than these guys walk forward. They're just slow people. <laughs>
0: And they swing it like their personalities are. It, yeah. it
5: really fits. And and it's uh, the the one thing that I, I honestly think, and, and a lot of people seem to disagree with this, but they're wrong and I'm not, <laughs> is that I believe the shorter, faster swings are better in bad weather. Oh. The lazy long swings seem to end up in more, get a little looser and get a little more foul, foul trouble. But you know, that's just a side benefit.
0: You talked about the fairway bunker shot, 18th. 72nd hole of the US Open under pressure. He's got to hit us a little slider because that lip was in his way or the tongue of the bunker. Here's a teaching moment for our listeners. Can we all, as amateurs, we all struggle with the fairway bunker shot? What are the keys to that shot? What is it about amateurs when you're playing in the Pro Ams? What do we do wrong with that shot?
5: Well, most of the time it's it's, it's all set up by, by your brain set. Whereas, I think it was better that he had to, to, to move it so much where he could just react and just hit that slider. If he had to hit it dead on, he might have been thinking more. But here he just knew he had to hit this slider. So all, instead of instead of thinking, I've got to help the ball up in the air, which the average guy does, he just reacted and let his hands do the job. What I would tell the average golfer is stop thinking about what you should and shouldn't do when you're in a bunker. Just let yourself react. You'll, you'll hit better shots. You're still going to screw some up because you suck, but you're going to hit some better shots.
0: <laughs> Part of the problem is we never hit those shots in practice. You don't go on a practice tee and hit bunker shots. Are you suggesting that most of us try to help the ball up in the air? We try to lift Absolutely. the ball up, and we should come down yep. on it? We should hit it clean and come well, down I mean, on it more, or what?
5: You do. You have, to, you have to hit down to hit the ball up. It's a game of opposites in golf. It's similar to pool, if anybody's any good at pool. We'll we'll understand that. the the more you try to help a ball up in the air, the more you'll you'll basically top it, or or it'll, you'll get one of those balls that goes up real fast and then drops real fast. It, it's just you have to hit down on it to get it up.
0: Will Zalatoris finishes second for a second consecutive major. He's been close twice. That putting stroke, Ken. I don't even want. I don't even know if I want to talk about it from inside of seven or five feet. I've never seen anything like it. I guess maybe Billy Mayfair. It's
5: pretty ugly to, to, to see because it was funny. I don't know how many people were watching full coverage, but they showed him earlier on the on the putting green with you know with the mirror and taking it back with the tees there, and was nice and smooth. And, and as soon as you get on the golf course, that thing just comes dead inside, and he loops it back. I don't know how they go in. It's a mystery. It really is. And sometimes we overanalyze everything we do. Uh, I use the uh, another analogy of like. Well, you don't go through a step-by-step process when you're having sex. You just do it. And that's what golf does to us. We end up going through step-by-step. I'm doing this. Don't pull it inside. Don't pull it outside. Make sure you come down. Make sure you hit down on the ball. Make sure you get through the ball. You know, get your weight off the right side, back onto your left side. You know, there's a thousand things that we we talk ourselves into doing in the game of golf.
0: Scotty Scheffler finishes a, a close second, almost wins his second major of the year. He's won five times. You and I talked about him after the Masters. Has he kind of separated himself as the greatest player in the world and it's not very close, or don't you think that?
5: No, I think he's clearly the best player in the game right now. You know, golf is a is a strange sport. What will happen a year from now only time will tell. I mean, you know, some people might say, Well, you know, he kind of blew colonial and he had a couple of mental lapses, you know, and, and loses by one. But Again, people don't realize it's hard to put yourself in attention all the time. And that's all he's doing that mm-hmm. week after week these days. And it's it's impressive golf that, that uh, he's playing right now. And he seems to be a pretty level headed young man, and everybody has nothing but good things to say about him. I think he's going to be a good, solid player for the next 10 years. And I think Scotty will be one of the stud muffins. The tour's, the tour's got a great set of stud muffins right now. It's just a question of whether we can keep him on this tour or the the ghost screw golf tour.
0: Let's go to what you just talked about before we finish up. The live tour, Mickelson took the money, uh, Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed, Bryson DeChambeau, all the rest. There's uh, there's whispers that more are coming. I got a funny feeling about Brooks Kepka and the PGA tour has decided to suspend these guys. Everybody's up in arms that they went and took the blood money. We had, we had Rick Riley, the uh, the veteran journalist, on our show last week. Say, I'm really disappointed in Phil. You know, yes, he's a gambler, but he's got plenty of money. He didn't need to do this. None of these guys need to do this. Kenny Green, I mean, you you are you lived the PGA Tour for a, a large part of your life. How does it make you feel to see these guys jump and ship for the cash and kind of the uh, the dirty cash?
5: Well, I mean, I certainly have my arguments with the with the PGA Tour, and, and I, I hope they can alter some of the not so positive rules they have on tour. But I would never abandon the tour. I go separate ways. I'm not. I don't worry so much about so-called blood money. Everybody in the country has been in bed with China for a long time. They treat their people awful. We live in a cruel world. You know, even though our country is the best of the best, I just want to talk about how it affects professional golf. And I think that's what people are forgetting about is I believe the Saudis are doing this for vengeance of some sort. You can't convince me that they care enough about their image or that they're trying to let the world think that they're better people. They're not going to spend billions and billions of dollars without a reason. I just think it's about somebody screwed them over. And that's just the kind of mentality they have. What's going to happen when they walk away? Say they really hurt the tour. Are they going to be here in ten years? You know, no one seems to worry about that. You know, whether it's Phil or these other guys taking the money. And to me, it's what's professional golf that might be altered forever. That might never get back to what we were used to. It's a shame. How much money do do you need? I mean, that's the thing that baffles me. I, I have no problem for a, a kid, but a Mike Butcher his name, James Pia. I think. Yep. They, they might have offered him five million or something or ten million. And if he doesn't have money, then God bless it, you're not on even on tour. You don't have a tour card. You're not violating anything. You could go play there, take your money, play for three or four years, and then go over to PGA tour. And they can't do a thing about it. But guys, you know, like that are going and listen, if Chase Kepka's there, you can't convince me that Brooks' not going to be there soon. It just it just seems logical. He only wants to play majors with a few tournaments anyway. I, I think guys that are doing it only for money are gonna find out that they've made a terrible decision down the road, and I just hope it doesn't hurt professional golf.
0: Do you think that the PGA Tour has any other option than to suspend these guys for violating the terms of the PGA Tour? And and maybe a better question is, what do you expect the four majors ultimately to do? Obviously, the U.S. Open spoke for this year's U.S. Open, but when we're a year or two from now in the Masters, USGA, PGA of America... Uh, The RNA have some time to think about this. Do you think ultimately those four entities will say to the live golfers?
5: No. Yeah. I don't know if the other three, when I say the other three, I'm talking about USGA RNA and PJ of America have the, have the nuts to change their criteria. I believe the masters can. And if they do, the others will, will, will more than likely make some amendments because it, the Masters is a private deal. You can't sue them over anything. And the thing that will probably be the biggest determining factor is what happens with official golf world rankings, because all these events, your eligibility is based off of world golf rankings. So if they're going to allow the live tour golf rankings, then the majors are going to have to either step up or just run away and, and let everybody play. And, you know, I hope that's not the case. But if the world golf rankings hold a steadfast line, to some of the criteria. It's got to be 72 holes. Uh, can't be a shotgun star. It's got to be at least 70 some odd players with the exception of a couple of world golf championships. criteria like that. Then the live tour is either going to have to make changes or the world golf rankings are going to have to make changes. Somebody's going to have to blink. I can only hope that the powers be B can, can get together and can come up with a, a good way around this. That's what controls these players. If they can still play in the majors, the tour's in a big trouble.
0: Last question, last major of the year will be the British Open, the Open Championship. It's back at St. Andrews. What are your memories? What are your playing day memories of St. Andrews?
5: I've actually played two British Opens at St. Andrews. You know, everyone always would tell me that everyone doesn't see the, the glory or, or, or the spectacular golf holes the first time around. You'll, you'll enjoy it the second time around better. I can honestly tell you I thought it was just as bad the second time around as it was the first time around. <laughs> now, I appreciate the history of it, but for today's golf, it's just a very blog golf course. I mean, there's nothing special about it. I can only imagine some of the scores that they'll shoot. If, the, if they get some some days where the weather is really nice with today's power game, they, they can only go so far back on some of those holes. And
0: Listen to you taking shots at St. Andrews. You're not the only one who feels that way. I'm sure there's a lot of people who feel that way.
5: Yeah, it, it is. It's, uh, I, I you know I, I I sit there and shake my head when I when some, I talk to some of my you know quote peers and they love the place and I'm like tell me one good thing about it and, and then maybe I'll, I'll I'll even think about accepting it. But you know they they can't. It's a wide open golf course, so there's no real premium on driving the ball. Some people will tell you, well, you really is you got to put it in a certain angle. Well, in today's game, you don't need angles at all because it's just, you know, it's all power, you know, and even in my era, angles weren't that important. So the greens are relatively flat, relatively slow, you know, obviously because of the weather conditions. So you can only keep the green so fast. I don't I just don't get it. You know, I mean, you know, I'm sure it was a beast of a golf course back in, you know, from 1940 and, and, and back. Yeah. But today it's just it's just blah.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, that's the unfiltered Ken Green. He's always been unfiltered. How many times suspended, or how many times not suspended? How many times uh, sanctioned
5: by the PGA Tour? Would you say? Well, I've, at last count, I've had 31 fines and and one suspension.
0: <laughs> and they all were legit. They all were fair, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I deserved
5: every one of them.
0: <laughs> we love you, Ken. Thanks so very much for being with us. Let's talk after the Open. You got it. Take care, guys. Time for a visit with Dan Black, the president of Zeke's Pizza. It's springtime at Zeke's. How you doing over
2: there, Dan? Yeah, hey, Mitch. Yeah, springtime's fun because our patios are opening up, and so it's always fun to drink beer and eat pizza on a nice patio on a nice day. And so there's more of that going on all the time. And it's fun. Would you say that most of your locations have outdoor seating? Not most of our locations, but certainly most of our full service restaurants, which we call pizza pubs. So, you know, if you're going to a Zeke's that's got a full bar spirits, craft beer, all that stuff, there's likely to be outdoor seating.
0: And you guys continue to grow like a weed. We've talked about Spokane a little bit. We haven't spoken of Mill Creek White Center coming soon and and a couple of more. Tell us about those.
2: Yeah, Spokane opened. We talked about that a little bit. Mill Creek opened and is doing well. White Center is coming up really soon. And then beyond that, we've actually got three more that are reasonably close. We've got Seward Park, Renton and Duval in that order. And you know, more deals coming all the time. And you're
0: hearing from Mitch unfiltered listeners I'm hearing through the grapevine.
2: Yeah, that was pretty exciting. We we've actually got a couple of leads, no deals closed yet, but specifically that came from Mitch unfiltered oh, wow. and heard about us there, which. Is obviously a huge stoker, but I'm a little bit worried that my invoices are going to go up now.
0: They are going to go up. They are going to go up. All right. <laughs> I, think, I think that I've decided when I don't go with original cheese like my mom's favorite, Cherry Bomb is my fave on the Zeke's Pizza menu. Where is it in in the in the pecking order?
2: Well, first, we still got to get your mom up here sometime and cut it into squares <laughs> for her like she's used to it. Is it Camillie's? You or?
0: got it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um In Florida. But you're not alone on the cherry bomb. It's definitely one of my favorites. And it's outside of cheese and pepperoni probably the most popular one and it's certainly the one people talk about the most so yeah cherry bomb is cannot go wrong with that one what are you drinking these days from zeke's yeah this time of year i kind of transition you know we order a lot for delivery and i i use zeke's for my grocery store for beer we have better beer than you can get (laughs) at the grocery store so when i order i just i order enough for the next couple weeks and stuff that i can throw in the cooler and stuff like that
0: i'm really excited for you guys you've been a great partner back in the radio days and now with on filtered zeke's pizza homegrown in the northwest
2: unfiltered
1: episode 195 hot shot scott yes sir 12 children and two adults in alaska were accidentally served floor sealant instead of milk at a daycare summer program at an elementary school. Students between the age of 5 and 12 complained of burning sensations in their mouth and throats Uh, and that the milk tasted bad and at least one child was treated at the hospital. Not good drinking floor sealant. This is where we're starting the other stuff segment. I am no MD, but I'm saying don't drink floor sealant. I'm going to
0: say right now, I don't like where you start the other stuff segment. What do you want, sports stuff? No, I mean, I just that just sounds like a... A story that should be deeper in the other stuff section.
1: Shouldn't, we shouldn't come right out of the gate with that story. Uh, what about w- WWE's board is investigating an alleged multi-million dollar hush-packed payment made by Vince McMahon. Three million dollars. Oh, yeah. Woof. Yeah. How does that work this? when you pay three million dollars to someone to shut their mouth? Yes. And then you're reading about it in the paper. Like, what happened to the shut you, your mouth part? Do, do you get the three million back? <laughs> I know exactly. Like, how does that work? Why do I think the three million's gone?
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. The three million's not
0: coming. Oh, she's back. not sitting on it. See, <laughs> if you had said to me you start the other stuff segment, yeah. I would have started with like a, a nice story like this. On Saturday night at Fenway Park in the middle of the seventh inning, yes. what happened? No clue. On Saturday
1: night at Fenway
0: Park in the middle of the seventh inning, seventh inning stretch time. Sure. What happened?
1: They played Louis Louis. What do they normally play? Oh, the, the Neil Diamond, right? Sweet. Sweet Caroline, yeah. Sweet
0: Caroline. Well, this past Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, we have a surprise. It's Neil Diamond suffering from Parkinson's
1: disease. That I knew, yeah.
0: Openly retired from touring. Yeah. Since 2018. Came back to Fenway Park wow. in the press box, like Harry Carey used to do sure, at yeah, Cubs yeah. games, and he led a Fenway tradition of "Sweet Caroline" in the middle of the seventh inning. People, that's must. how you start other stuff. Then. <laughs> that that's what's better than other. What, what what kind of other stuff are you coming up with? Kids drinking floor sealant. That's my that's, kind of that's, other stuff. That's in the seventh position. I
1: bet it people, should not be at the top of the order. I bet people but. lost their shit. Because people love Neil Diamond, especially <coughs> Sox. I mean, I, that place must have gone I crazy. The,
0: yeah, I saw the video. He's got the Boston, you know, Letterman's jacket on. He's yeah. got the hat on. How'd he look? Not great. Really?
1: Not yeah, great. That's too bad.
0: But what a lovely scene. Yeah. The fact that he would agree to do that. He's In- been fighting Parkinson's disease for yeah. four years. He's not making any public appearances. And yet, he came back to Boston Fenway Park and led the... Uh, come on, that's another stuff. See, we should retire other stuff after that. That's beautiful other stuff. So you only
1: want like nice stuff? Is that no, what you're No, no, I'm just you? saying that's a... Yeah, okay. What about what about an update on Britney Spears' ex, Jason Alexander from we Seinfeld We talked about fame. him. He tried to crash the wedding and then he got arrested, right? You are correct. Yes, and, we well, did this. And well, heads were rolling in Britneyville. She fired her security team, each and every goddamn one of them for letting him in. They didn't let him in. She didn't. Did he get in? Well, they didn't stop him. Yes, he came in, and I think he was armed with a knife. Right. By the way, years ago, she didn't stop him either. <laughs> I, well, true. Yes, but he was charged with vandalism, trespassing, and yeah. battery. But the judge also added a felony stalking charge and granted Britney a three-year restraining order against Jason Alexander. Security team out. New I, group in. I see your Britney
0: Spears story and Jason Alexander story, and I raise you Charles Barkley. Okay. Charles Barkley has weighed in on live golf, the Live Golf Tour of the Saudi Arabia. He was asked, "Okay, how much does he blame a guy like Phil Mickelson for taking the two hundred million? Bryson DeChambeau, one hundred fifteen million. Yeah, DJ Dustin Johnson, one hundred twenty-five million. How much do you blame those guys? Should yeah. they have done that?" And I'm going to read to you Charles Barkley's quote. Are you ready? Yes. I don't judge other people, Charles Barkley said. If somebody gave me 200 million, I'd kill a relative. (laughs) Jesus. And I'm serious. They're saying Phil Mickelson got 200 million. Dustin Johnson got 150 million. For 150 million, I would actually kill a relative, even one that I like. Holy
1: Lord.
0: (laughs) That's what Charles Barkley said.
1: That's other stuff. That's the epitome of what other stuff's supposed to be about. He's carved out a nice area of life where he can just say whatever he wants he might be kidding he might not and nobody gives a shit he never gets fired he never gets canceled i said this for
0: years in fact i used to do this shtick on the radio show it's not shtick it's true it's exactly what you're saying yeah he somehow picked up the line wherever the line is drawn of what you can say what's decent yeah he has totally he has his own the charles barkley rules that's right he can say things that no one in the world can say yep I don't sure how he did it.
1: I don't know either. Yeah. I'm not sure where he did it. Yeah. I mean, but his whole career, he's just said whatever he wanted. A Maybe. lot of people
0: haven't gotten in trouble, yet Charles Barkley yeah. has figured out a way to say, but I'm Charles Barkley. I can say that. Yeah. Right? Maybe he just doesn't care. He once shoved me. Did oh, I ever he, tell you that story? I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I was doing the Sonics on TV. It's a heck of a shove, though. Oh, my that, God. That's a big dog. How about when you don't know it's coming? <laughs> okay. How about when you're worse. on live television doing a VO of, of like, Denver Nuggets Sacramento Kings highlights. Right. So they sent me onto the court during Sonic's TV broadca- broadcast in 95 and 96. I remember. And I used to start off on camera on the court during the timeout and then they have a little monitor near the, underneath the camera where I would VO, voiceover, Familiar highlights the term, from... Yes. A, but maybe somebody else is <laughs> <in>. Okay, fine. <laughs> highlights from other cockamamie games. Right. Like anybody cares. Yeah, right. And I was on camera. They were playing the Houston Rockets. Okay.
1: Was he on the Rockets? No, not ninety five, ninety six. He was on the Suns. Okay, Suns. Yeah, yeah.
0: They were playing the, uh, the oh, Phoenix you Suns. I used to watch
1: sports once in a while.
0: They were playing the Phoenix Suns. Yes. And I go out in my little suit with makeup. <laughs> Why is a little suit? I had my little suit on, <laughs> yeah. makeup. Yes. I wasn't real gray, but a touch of gray. I was probably almost getting ready to be 30 years old. Yeah. And I go on camera and then they say cut to Sacramento, Denver, and I'm re- I'm doing the highlights. I'm in my own world. I'm actually on live television. And out of nowhere, I get just creamed.
1: Like he sees you, he does it on purpose just to mess up your shot. I
0: still to this moment didn't see it coming. So I don't yeah. I don't, can't can't describe what happened.
1: Like a two handed shove or like an elbow? Forearm. Oh my gosh. I just get pounded. He was so big.
0: And and I'm not on camera, but I'm. You could probably hear me in the background going, "What the hell?" <laughs> right. And I look up, and he's just laughing at me. He's standing up there, just. La- I
1: didn't go down. I just went flying. And you're talking about the Nuggets and Kings or whatever. Yeah. You're I'm about, like uh,
0: Adrian Dantley scored.
3: <laughs> Kelly Chopiuk. You know, Robert. I'm, Pack I'm probably doing tennis. my Marv
0: Albert at the time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And 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 Charles Barkley is just giving me a forearm. Whatever you call yeah, it. Yeah, like a shiver. Like forearm shiver. shiver. Yeah. yeah. And then just laughing.
1: It's good to be Charles. He just gets to do whatever I think, he wants. I think
0: that was like a week after he threw somebody out of a window in a yeah, bar. Yeah, I remember
1: that story. Yeah.
0: I could have been that guy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he could have got a couple I, more bucks mess. out of it. DeJounte Murray. You know the name? I do. Yes. Where do you know it from? Basketball. Where else? <laughs> uh, Who is he? A basketball player. Who is he? I, I. That's all I got. Rainier Beach? Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Local guy. I, yeah. We've talked about him. Yeah. But we have. DeJounte Murray, local
0: guy. Yeah, yeah. Went to the University of Washington for one year. Yep. Then went out. We thought it was way too early. To look- we thought he was making a mistake. Ended yeah. up on the San Antonio Spurs. Sat around for a while. And now he's like an all-star. Crazy. He's like a great player who's going to make hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. Wow. It's a great story. And he's a, apparently a very good kid. Well, he had a falling out with his father Uh-oh. for many, many years. I guess his, his father locally here and he didn't get along. Well, on Father's Day... He surprised his dad with a brand new white Chevrolet Tahoe.
1: Oh, nice car.
0: All decked out. And he wrote the following. We had our differences for almost seven to eight years. And I just want a relationship with my dad before it's too late, he writes. DeJounte Murray. And not have one of us living with regrets of not being a man and fixing the problems that we had. I love you, dad, more than you will ever know. Thank you for taking ownership on why you wasn't there as much as I wanted you to be as a kid. But what matters is focusing on what's right, and that's fixing our son-father relationship in caps right now. If that's not a feel, if that's not... You're giving me cockamamie milk versus uh, paint. Yeah. Kids getting Kids poisoned. Kids floor And cement. I'm giving you DeJounte Murray yeah, burying the hatchet sweet. with his local dad by giving him a Chevy Tahoe and writing that kind of a Father's Day message. Shame on you on your other stuff so- story.
1: You can do better. Former NASCAR star Clinton Boyer struck and killed a woman. <laughs> he did. He sure did. He did. That, that's what I have. All right.
0: I see you're killing a woman <laughs> yes and I raise you US Open starter calling Justin Thomas Justin Thompson in the final round of the US Open who called him that the starter oh God. I did that job at, you did I did it at Sahali for like the 2000 NEC yeah oh wow. I was the official starter Tiger Woods came up to me put his hand out and said Tiger Woods I said no shit Sherlock <laughs>
1: I didn't <laughs> right. I had to I had to introduce Phil Mickelson you did oh fish wait how many that. did you have to introduce every how many did I? Well, ask? that may be like a special guest you do a couple no I did the whole
0: damn thing wow on the first tee yeah
1: wow yeah I didn't know
0: that okay let's put it this way yeah if I was the starter at the US Open making the announcements yeah I don't think I would mess up the name of the PGA champion winner three weeks ago, (laughs) Justin Thomas.
1: No, you would not.
0: I don't think you would. What do you say? Justin Thompson? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the so-and-so tea time. Justin Thompson. Mm, That's tough. And Justin Thomas goes, you know, his face. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, God. That's tough. You should probably get the names right. That's probably a good place to start when you're doing that. I'm surprised that doesn't actually happen more often. I mean, do you ever hear of that happening? At these, I mean, because you know, it's a lot of golfers, and but I guess you're saying he's so good, and he just won three weeks ago. That he's that's, one of yeah. he's one of the
0: fifteen, twelve most famous golfers in the world.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna mess one up, <laughs>
0: yeah, mess one up. That literally, the people sitting around will not even know
1: that you messed up, right? Because yes. they don't
0: know the guy from Adam, yeah. except they probably see the name on the back of the caddy's wardrobe,
1: <laughs> yeah. right? And the guy whose name you mess up doesn't even care. He doesn't even know his own name. He's no, that no. far down the line. And list. Justin yeah.
0: Thomas, to his credit, he didn't care either. He right. was he was fooling around about it. He's doing okay. But come on. You're the you're the starter of the US Open on Sunday? The final round of the US Open. You can't get Justin Thomas's name right? Yeah, come
1: on. Not good. Not good. FIFA. Go you're a big FIFA guy? You like FIFA, don't oh, you? Oh, we're getting the are you gonna talk about the Seattle
0: getting uh, the World uh, Cup? No, no, I was just gonna good, say that see, that's a good other stuff. FIFA there.
1: just made it official. Yeah. The eleven US Stretch. cities that will host World Cup games in twenty six. The announcement came on Thursday, unveiling, unveiling the 16 areas the tournament will be played. Yeah. In their first ever 48 team bracket, you must be oozing with excitement that they I went might to go. 48. It used to be 32. In case you're curious, no. 60 not of the games, quarterfinals and semifinals will played in the U.S. Of course, the two largest cities in the U.S., Los Angeles and New York, made it. Atlanta, Boston, Dallas, Houston, Kansas City, Miami, Philadelphia, San Francisco, and. Seattle.
0: Seattle's going to host the World Cup. There you go. In 2026. Yes. What do you do? Are you 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 kind of did you book the T man show or no? Who booked the T man show?
1: We didn't Connie really have. Get, no, we had we had Wink or we had a uh, yeah, Casey right. Dave that's to right. do that. Oh, I didn't book. Come on, I'm not booking. When them. a friend, a really Boy, good friend, like. you booking guests on the
0: When a friend, <laughs> yeah, a really good old friend texts you and invites and wants to know if you want him on. How do you say no to that? Yeah, it's tough. Stretch Johnson. Matt Stretch Johnson, who was on a couple of weeks ago to talk about whatever that is, the Concacaf the or whatever that, yeah, that was. Yeah, Concacaf. sure. Concacaf. Uh, he sent me a text right after Seattle was named a host city in the 2026 oh. World Cup. Do you want me on the show? Yeah. Now imagine if I just wrote a one-word answer, no.
1: That'd be awesome. That would be so funny.
0: Well, Does- I did. <laughs> really? No, I don't <laughs> That'd be hilarious. (laughs) So he's going to come on next week, 196, and talk to me. And I I, I actually wrote him back and I said, do you have a lot to say about it? Because I'm thinking, whenever I'm thinking about guests, I'm thinking, okay, how much do I have to ask? How curious am I? How many questions? How do I make that into a 10 or 15-minute segment? And I realized that Seattle just being named a city that's going to have games, how far does that go? So I wrote him. Do you have a lot to say? Yeah. And he said, "That's the first time anybody's ever asked me that question." Well, he's
1: a talker. I don't yeah. think you had to ask him that question. No. he got a lot to say. Yeah, <laughs> he does. I've heard him on the show, and I've known him a long time. He's got plenty to say. Plenty to say. But you, I, I, I'm kind of curious about the the team, like the, the men's team. Are they going to be any good? Are they oh, in we it? We can go
0: there. Yeah, we can go there. The women's team. But I thought maybe, maybe I was going to I was going to wait to like 2025 to have that conversation. Well, let's let's. This get- is 2026.
1: There are people that are there are like 12 that are going to be on that team right now. How do we know? Well, true, but yeah. let's get let's get some excitement going. I had this conversation. Like five years in advance? Yeah, well. How much excitement do we need? I know, but I, I heard it's a lot of 21-year-olds, a lot of young guys that they got from Europe who have American yeah. citizenships. Yeah. And they went and grabbed all this. So my friend's yeah. telling me they're going to be good.
0: Is the guy from Mercer Island going to be on the team? What's his name? <laughs> Quinn Snyder. Not Quinn Snyder. <laughs> I don't know any other Jordan. Mercer Island people. Jordan or Refferter, no. No, no, that was a guy on Washington. football Oh, it football was. Team, right? I don't know. Jordan, uh... A
1: soccer player? Yeah. From Mercer Island? Yeah. I don't know. I think Jordan. he's on the Sounders. Oh, he is? Yeah. yeah. See, I don't know anything about the team, so I'd like... Apparently not. I'd like Less Stretch to tell me a lot about it, if you don't mind. He's
0: going to be on episode one. We're going to talk soccer on episode 196, which should make the soccer
1: fans happy it's my turn don't be looking down it's my they were looking at their watch going really we got the world cup and we're at the final two minutes of the podcast and they're just now getting to it they were already wondering why we had 2026
0: yeah okay fine i had charles barkley to talk about and other stuff neil diamond um
1: jake heaps want to talk about that i do do you know jake at all i've coached against him, but I don't know him. You've coached against him? When he was at Skyline.
0: Yes, he was a high school football player.
1: Very good quarterback. Yeah. I think if I'm not what was mis- the other
0: guy's name that came right after him that was also very good?
1: The, the tall cat? Yeah. That Max? Brown. Max Brown, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Jake keeps might have been the number one high school recruit in the country. I remember. Not the number one quarterback. Not the number one recruit in the state of Washington. The entire country. The best QB wide receiver duo in all of America.
0: Yeah, their senior years. Well, they weren't the same age. Oh, they weren't no. one year apart, maybe.
1: Yeah, but they two threw. maybe he two. threw to one. They th- he threw to him, right? He threw Casein. Casein Williams. I think he might have only thrown to him one year. Honestly, I think Kaysen I remember was a when Cason
0: Williams was on the cover of Parade magazine, the Sunday insert. As the number one high school player in the country. Yeah. I think I'm right about that.
1: I have a video of him getting caught from behind by one of my freshmen. And if he ever wants to see it, I'll pull it off the DVD for him. Caught from behind like by really one of trying. my freshmen. Like he was oh, he really was trying. trying. Stop They dropped him down to the freshman team. He Stop was, it. He was trying. Anyway, Jay Keeps, I, I don't know him. I just know he was trying Jay Keeps is leaving radio. his
0: sports radio, or has left his sports radio dream hosting job. <laughs> he did, okay. Do you know what he's becoming?
1: Russell Wilson's fluffer. <laughs> fluffer? No, that's not it. That's I, terrible. I don't even know what this means, his personal quarterback. Nobody knows okay. what it means. Wouldn't you hire like a Dan Marino or Troy Aikman or someone who's Wouldn't like— Wouldn't you have enough I mean, bedrooms in your house to be able to give <laughs> Jake Heaps a bed? I mean, I'm sure Jake knows a lot about the position. He does.
0: They're buddies. Okay. They've been buddies. I think he was helping them here in Seattle. Remember when Russell Wilson was a Seahawks quarterback? I do. I think that Jake Keeps was helping him. I don't know exactly what a personal yeah. quarterback coach does, but here's what I know. He's leaving his dream sports radio host job, his midday job on uh, 710 ESPN or whatever yeah. they call it these days,
1: Seattle sports. Russell Wilson probably has more money than ESPN put together. <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad guy to – you know. Oh, ESPN put together. Oh, well, you know what I'm saying. I mean, Russell, yeah. that's not a bad guy to hook up with, Russell. He's got a I, couple bucks. Look, I don't
0: know Jake Heaps very well. I know him a little bit. Okay. He's been on my show several times. Oh, where he okay. was I when he was. when know that. He was on our show when he was in high school. Okay. He seems like the world's nicest. He does. Guy. He absolutely does. My God, I don't think they make him nicer. Yeah, I, know. I don't think Lori, the receptionist, was nicer.
1: <laughs>
3: you don't know that right?
1: <laughs> I don't know that. The, the, the listeners don't know that. Misty, in your bed. I know that.
0: All the way down. All the way down. All the way down.
1: Thank you. Yeah.
0: Um, I only have a couple more. Jay keeps
1: say. so Very nice guy. Super nice Snubbed guy. Snubbed the Huskies for some reason. Snubbed go the there. Yeah, that's what I think about him. He went to. Uh, oh, he's had a kind of a weird career. Yeah, college he went career. to one
0: place and he ended up at Kansas. Where he did went he, to BYU. BYU, I think. and then he went to Kansas. And I think he
1: started at BYU for a couple of games. Then he was replaced. He was sharing time with a guy. Yeah. wasn't working out. Then he went to Kansas. There was there a third school? in Walked there
0: onto the basketball team program, no. won a national championship. <laughs> yes, I think there was a third place. I think too. there was. A, he finished. It yeah, was in like a vagabond. School. It was like a college vagabond. Which was and then weird. he ended up with the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. sure. He Where could. he got to know Russell Wilson. So do you think he's on the the Bronco payroll or is this coming out of Russell Wilson?
0: No, he's on the Russell. He can't do it. Yeah, it's on the Russell Wilson thing. And I guess he had to consider whether this could be a long-term job and what's the future of my boss. And he probably said to himself, he's probably going to get 50 million a year for the next five (laughs) years. That's exactly what he
1: said to himself. (laughs) Who cares how long this lasts? And then what if Russell tells like the next up and coming, hey, I know a great quarterbacks coach and then he could just keep parlaying this. All right, I have two last things.
0: You have RIPs. You have. What do you want to do?
1: Yeah, I got a quick one. At, at first glance, the gravestone at Stephen Paul Owen's burial spot in Iowa oh boy. reads as a touching tribute. This is a big shitstorm in Iowa. People are Controversy? not happy.
0: Yeah, Iowa.
1: Forever in our hearts Iowa. until we meet again. Cherished memories known as our brother, father, papa, uncle, friend, and cousin. However, the first letter on each line of the epitaph spells yes. out a hidden message. Fuck off. <laughs> I love this guy. The family Stop said it. Owens, who died in September 2021 oh, at the age of 59, he would say it jokingly, including in, including it on the headstone was an innocuous way to remember him, you know, that this is just his personality. Well, yeah. staff at the, Pol- at the cemetery in Polk County said they're against the hidden message at the gravesite, adding the profanity has no place at a cemetery. So they're not going to do it? The question... It's done. Oh, it's already done. It, it's already been engraved. It got past them. Oh, geez. Yeah, so what do we do now? Do we knock this thing over? Do we have people out there to fit... The family doesn't want to change. Take a piece of tape. Yeah. You take a piece of electrical
0: tape. <laughs> right. And you just strap it down over the, the first letter of each word as a up and down vertical stripe.
1: Or ever in our arts <laughs> until
0: E e. By the way, again. F-bombs on Mitch Unfiltered happening more and more frequently now. Have you noticed?
1: I dropped um, one in on the Rick. Did you see her the Rick Riley interview last week? I couldn't week? have loved it anymore. I thought it was great. He's awesome. And he didn't believe you that he ruined the. Yeah, he didn't well, flight, ruin I know it. I, know. I ruined but, it. But he he didn't. He really thought that he, he knew. He knew. He's known for years. But I think he thought that maybe you guys had just put it in the past. It was a long time ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah. But you haven't spoken to him since. Yeah, no, I not, think not one word. I think that part kind of surprised him. That really, we're still not over this. Anyway, I thought he was great. Yes. Yeah. And I don't I don't think Feinstein and him have talked. Could you imagine if they're
0: like bosom pals now? Bosom buddies.
1: <laughs> right. That would be awesome. But did you like the Rick Riley interview? You liked it. Awesome. Pal. Yeah, he's great. Wasn't he great? Yes. Great stories. Yes. Amazing the stories. The little
0: kid in Ireland putting the balls in the hole. Yeah. Don't you love that? Oh, that's oh. so
1: funny. What a oh, great story. Oh God,
0: he has so many great stories. It I is... played golf with Rick Riley in Los oh, Angeles. He did. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Uh, several years ago, we played golf and we told stories and it was fun. I
1: yeah. want to ask him about the Boz because he spent time he wrote his book oh, with him
0: shit did you tell me that after or i before? told you after yeah okay
1: yeah all right uh, next time i have a lot of questions for him about that two guy.
0: deputies from florida's orange county police department holy crap we're doing florida stories
1: that's not fair i'm not allowed to do them well we've it, done
0: this story many times right. so i don't know how have we done bob saget's death yeah is that a florida story he's not a florida man but where did he die I assume in Florida. So are you saying that we can do the Bob Saget death? I'm not saying anything. You're the
1: one that made the moratorium on Florida stories. You tell me what the guidelines are. I'm not allowed to shit on your
0: home state. This isn't like Florida man story. This is two deputies that are in trouble. You know what they did? No. They ran and told all of their friends and families of the passing of Bob Saget when they found the body before his family was even told. Nice. So they are now uh, being disciplined for that.
1: I I actually didn't bring the story, but I saw that. Do you remember when Kobe passed? Yeah, there's the pictures. That's a
0: that's a big story. Everybody knows that story.
1: I think it's been. But turns out she 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 sued. sued. Yeah, yeah, of course she but, sued the Los Angeles Police Department. Turns out oh, yeah. that that same officer. They're in the bars showing like right. Bartenders. It's going to help him get chicks. Like, yeah, you want to see a yeah, picture yeah. of dead Kobe? Yeah, like, what yeah, does he that's think? really going to help. But, me. like, that, that same it's gonna cop. going to get me in the mood. Right. That same cop is getting busted for another big story about putting a knee on an inmate. Yeah. So he's just clearly just some kind of a-hole. Anyway, same kind of thing, though. These these phones that have cameras, people are just losing their minds. It's, I mean, wouldn't you want to reach out to the family? Yes, you would. Yeah, okay, you would, thank you. you. Yes.
0: Uh, we started with Stump the Band. We end with Stump the Band. But I guarantee you, that you are going to get this stump the band question right. Well, don't don't do that. You did 100%. Okay. All right. There is literally no chance that you're going to get this stump the band question okay. right. Okay? You had no chance in the Mike Mike Trout and, and all the rest. Yeah, yeah. This one you will di- this is like this is throwing you the meatiest meatball of He's all setting
1: time. You me up. But go ahead. No, I'm not. Okay.
0: There's a new bar that's getting ready to open in downtown Nashville. Okay. I'll tell you the name of the bar, you tell me the owner. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. It's called The Friends in Low Places Bar and Honky Tonk. <laughs> okay,
1: that was pretty damn easy. Okay? Yes, thank did you. Did you get that one right? I did. I think even I could get that one. Oh, right. really?
0: You know that no, song? Oh, really you don't? friends and Yeah, I heard Danny Gans imitate him and sing that song.
1: That's how you know Garth Brooks, through yes. Danny Gantz? I would not have any idea who oh Garth Brooks gosh. is
0: if it weren't for good old Danny Gantz. I don't even like Maybe country. May he rest in peace.
1: Yeah. yeah. I don't even not, like not, country music, but not I like Garth, Garth. Brooks. But Danny Yes, Gans. Danny Gantz has passed. Yeah. yeah. So he's opening a bar because he needs the money? Bar-
0: Garth Brooks is opening a bar called Friends in Low Places Bar and Honky Tonk. Downf- downtown Nashville in the Entertainment District I haven't spent much time. Maybe one time in my life I've have I gone to Nashville. Folks instantly recognize the name of the establishment. Very excited. Everybody's very excited in Nashville. And he truly does. It's not like he's just giving them the name. Yeah. He truly is a co-owner or the owner of the Friends in Low Places bar in Honky Talk. I think we should take Mitch Unfiltered to the grand opening.
1: Live and show. The live show. Live show. Facebook. <laughs> Facebook. I don't know. Where do you do live shows? Uh, that's a good question. YouTube. I don't YouTube, know. yeah. YouTube. Or just do it on your, I don't know. I don't know. Nashville's great, though. I'm I've been there phone. once, we'll, and we'll I love it. We'll have people FaceTime that's, <laughs> all the, that's all the listeners we've got. I'm actually surprised he hasn't done this sooner, because that song was a monster. Probably his biggest song ever. Sing it again. Friend. I got friends, friends. in low, low places. places da, the, da, and da, the whiskey yeah. chases yes. my blues away. I'm telling
0: you, Danny Gans sounded more like him doing that song <laughs> than he sounds like doing
1: it. I miss him doing an, Anita Baker. That was friend Oh, here's oh. Anita Baker. Uh, unreal. It got me every what, time. What, Everything he did was great. I know. It's crazy. I, I wonder what happened with that. Do we ever know? It was kind of weird, wasn't it? I think it's a hush-hush. I, I, I think so, too.
0: I don't want to say what
1: I think it, it was. Okay. But. I have a friend who's worked for the MGM for a long time. So knows? No, not that, but he did tell me that Danny Gans had so much money that when he built his house, yes. he like loved soccer, I guess, and his kids love soccer. Yes. He built an underground soccer field. I believe it. I believe it too. First of all, it's 115. You can't play there. You know, you can Yeah. So I, I totally believe it though. He he told me that, yeah, Danny Gans just was. When you're playing the
0: stratosphere, in. you're making
1: <laughs> the stratosphere is that still there. <laughs> That's where he started. Uh, I know I saw him there. And then I saw him at the Rio. So did I. And Treasure Island, probably. <laughs> yeah, I think I did the trifecta. He didn't start
0: making money until like he was four places in.
1: Yeah, then he started right. making real money. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. All right, I got a, just a quick RIP. Go ahead. You're kind of a 23 year old zookeeper by the name of Jose de Jesus, summoned a Bengal tiger through a fence to pet the animal before feeding. <sighs> De Jesus How touches, many
0: stories do people have to read about this uh, until they stop petting tigers and jumping in with apes and gorillas into the zoo? He touched. At the, what point? He touched the animal without incident. Do people realize incident? it's not a good idea? These stories that Scott reads on Mitch Unfiltered—they never
1: end well. Oh, they, they had, don't. He had a nice pet and he went home. Yeah. No. Uh, suddenly, it changed its attitude after he was petting him, clamping down on his outstretched right hand and causing the zookeeper to yell out in agony. Jose was reportedly Taken to the hospital But didn't want medics To amputate his hand His health quickly Deteriorated Until he died Of a heart attack Oh That's what got him He gets attacked By a tiger He's ah, 23 And he story dies story. From a heart attack Well it's rest in peace To oh. Jose de Hayes No, no not. it's not a Rest in peace Okay no. Yeah but there is uh there is... have
0: name recognition To rest in
1: peace It does okay The owner report- the owner of the tiger Reportedly paid for All the zookeepers Medical bills I was thinking Well that's nice But he's not here Right it- What does it matter? You probably could have stiffed the hospital and not had to pay at all. I don't know. Thank you for that. Thank you for paying these hospital bills for a dead person. But anyway, he says he has all the necessary permits to own the tiger. So there you go. Keep your hands off of wild animals. Give me RIPs and headlines. Let's go. That's my last RIP. I got some headlines. Yes. An opossum found in Wyoming believed to have hitched a ride on a semi-truck to a different state. Mm. The trucking company, though, not happy about it and is actually suing the opossum's family for gas money. People are freaking out about gas prices. Former well, president. What you,
0: uh, what, what, of course we are. I actually sat in the Costco line the other
3: day.
1: Oh, you do that routine? Now, I've, it's the only time I ever did it. Well, you're the guy that says, you make fun of people who drive 40 miles out of the way for 30 cents off or whatever, you know, you, you've you talked about that in the past. What does that have to do with the price of tea in China? Because you're doing it now. You're going to Costco. because I was driving
0: back from Aldera Golf Club, which, by the way, I go pretty much past Costco. Oh, you do? Oh, okay. I didn't. No, I didn't go to Costco to hang out in the... In the uh, fuel line fine
1: i thought you went because you heard it's the
0: cheapest that's why i went right but i didn't go out of the way (laughs) to go fine fine. but i did sit in an hour and i didn't i didn't turn my
1: engine off (laughs) is this the issaquah one that place gets crazy i'm not a member anymore but when i was i realized about an hour in that i had just wasted (laughs) right (laughs) so stupid. All right, former President Bill Clinton, you remember him. I'm joking. I did turn it off. Go. Bill Clinton made a pretty stunning and important revelation saying during his time in office. shook his hand. Have you ever had a president's hand in your hand? No, I have not. But he said he sent federal agents to Area 51 in Nevada to find out if aliens were among us. He really wanted to find out if Area 51 was Sadly, his plan of sending Hillary back with the aliens never materialized a giant honda logo composed of 2030 bad bad taste yes they've had a terrific relationship since when sympathetic figures when do you become political
0: in your remarks your end of the show i didn't say
1: i don't like her but he clearly he's has his issues in the past go ahead a giant honda logo composed of 2030 rugby balls broke a guinness world record at twickenham stadium in london yes i'll take things i don't give two shits about for a thousand alex a Naked it's Not Alex anymore. Yeah, well, that's true. That's right. Who is it? It's the the girl from Blossom. The woman from Blossom? Yeah, 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 yeah. She's not a girl anymore. No, yeah. she isn't. She's
0: very she's very good on the show and then they have the guy from here that I don't like. A Naked Ken Jennings. Oh, don't, Ken. Don't like him at all. We as a, as a person? I got I got a problem with
1: him. You do? Yeah. He seems a little pompous or Okay. I
0: got a problem with them.
1: A naked man danced on a patrol car near the Hollywood Walk of Fame, jumping up and down on this cop car. Yes. Holy cow, dancing with the stars is desperate for ratings these days. And finally, utility officials in British Columbia said an outage that affected a large number of internet, landline, and cellular customers... Landline! ...was caused by a beaver. I knew porn would eventually take us all down.
0: We were doing so well.
1: (laughs) We were. I don't think I I don't think we were. (laughs) Okay. You're up. Yeah. Happy Father's Day to. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. Yes. Happy Father's Day to everybody. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm still stuck on the fact that Mike Trout has only been out homered
1: (laughs) at Safeco Field by 15 Mariners. This is the kind of stuff you probably tell your wife and she just like No, I rolls don't. her eyes like I don't get But I'm going to be crap. very
0: very honest with you as we end episode 195. I'm not happy with your reaction to that. I don't, I don't think sometimes I shoot things at you and you shoot yeah. things at me and I don't think you fully think about that. He plays on an opposing yeah, team. It's, well, but he comes he comes here how many times a year? 10-12 games a year? Sure, yeah. He's got only 15 Mariners of all time. Have I have more homers in that ballpark than an opposing team's player.
1: <laughs> but me? How pathetic of an organization <laughs> is this? But again, me reveling in my team's failure and patheticism is tough. Well then don't do it. Look at the
0: other side of it and just be like blown away it's by crazy. Mike Trout yeah. then if you don't want to revel in your yeah, I, mean, I told you there's two ways of looking at this. It's it is crazy. And I I just, I love the excuse. You do realize that that every Mariners player (laughs) plays in the amount of games that he's played here every Every season. Every And
1: there's only 15 that have more homers than him. I know. It sucks. I hate hearing that. I can't even laugh at it. It's awful and it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing, I tell you. That's it. I'm going to Lacey. Uh, Episode
0: (laughs) 195. It was a weird one. It's now in the books.